Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellian. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at surfa, S-E-R-F-A, C-B-D. Use promo code LATENIGHTWITHCHALKY at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. Earthpack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earthpack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. Earthpack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, a ripper, former pro surfer, with a laundry list of accomplishments throughout his career. Ripper, team manager, Xanadu, audio shoes, event production coordinator, marketing, I don't know, brand builder, consultant. I mean, this guy's arsenal is lethal. It's been around a long time. Lethal arsenal. Whoa. <laughs> Arsenal is lethal. Lethal is Arsenal. Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> Just kidding, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> He's been battling cancer for the last few years, but well, at the same time, also giving back to those less fortunate, working for an awesome nonprofit organization, A Walk on Water. For those that don't know, it's a surf therapy for children with unique needs. It's awesome. Check it out. And he's a mentor to many. He's positive and supportive. Influence to everybody. He's a fighter and most importantly, an all-around amazing human. Amazing welcome, human being. We welcome Scott Desi Desiderio. Woo! Yeah, boy. Hell motherfucking what yeah. What intro. Yeah. You almost make me sound like I, I'm like... A cool. superhero. Yeah. You sound like I mean, a superhero. Wow. That's how I, I prep everybody out. It's all downhill once I start talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if I got any of that. Another but, good but. job, Larson. Yeah. No, thanks. He interrupted it and like, you know, whatever. Well, the, the, way the, he goes. the signature Lyndon you is like, <laughs> I, I know you're coming. You know, I love it. And it's... 
couple F-bombs in between. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. I'll keep it clean. Dude. It's all good. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming up and yeah. hanging with us here in, uh, yeah. in the lovely household of, of the Larsons. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and before we jump into like the, the whole beginning and everything, it's like, I remember Desi because we're similar in age and he was the San Diego like ripper and and I'm like, why isn't that guy trapped? Like, where is it? What is he doing? Oh, he's a team manager. Like, why isn't this guy just surfing? Like, yeah. he's so good. Like, but you know, you kind of went the industry. I, I think red. I realized pretty early on, like, <laughs> hey, I'm not that good. That, these guys are really good. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it's, and it was right around when your era showed up. I'm yeah. like, damn, those guys are really good. I, and I'm not there. I, I, no, I think but, I'm better served behind the desk and helping some of these dudes out, you know? Yeah. But it, I mean, it's it, it was just like, I mean, it felt like yesterday, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, oh, it's for sure. How crazy. sick was that photo that Mike Moyer posted? Oh, I was so stoked. I love, I, I honestly, I love following Moyer. I'm not a big social media guy. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a stalker of yeah. social media, but I'm not, you're not personal poster. You're not producing content, I you just I've follow? I've one, one post <laughs> in the last year and a half, but um, uh, seeing his stuff is rad because he's, oh he's got just gold of that whole era and beyond, yeah. even earlier, but I love it. You know, you see some of these underground rippers from from back in the early 80s late late 80s 90s and, and he like, must have dude, notes or he, I, I don't right. know how he he must have right, right on the uh the the negative you know yeah, like yeah, the 35s there's, there's room that's all slides like it's not digital stuff, yeah 54 you know? this yeah. day yeah. like who imagine is. if you went to his house and like looked around his archives yeah yeah you, your mind would be blown away because there's so many images that he's captured that you probably remember I mean, as a was, kid to yeah. me like in that 89 ish 90 like around the time that i shot with him he was that i was like i'm shooting with moyer right yeah now? yeah holy crap moyer's yeah. a staff dude at surfer magazine yeah. that's a big deal yeah, yeah. You know? he's going to newport you're going to newport yeah, yeah. He's yeah. and i was so bad at that like yeah. following you know i used to i grew up surfing salt creek half my life and Flame would be like, dude, come down. I'm, I want to shoot you. I'm like, oh, gosh. And see all these guys that he's shooting. I'm like, I'm not that good. I'm going to go surf down this way instead. Yeah, and, yeah. and always shied away from it, you know, just because I, I just didn't think I was quite there. Yeah, you you're, you're t- probably too humble for your own good. Yeah. <laughs> well, where, where did, well let's that. get into it. Where did you... Yeah, let's start at the beginning. Surfing. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in inland, which, you know... I grew up in El Toro. I went to El Toro High School. Yeah. Um, I moved there when I was four. I, I was born in Inglewood. Inglewood? Um, Inglewood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, um, but yeah, I moved to El Toro. And, and honestly, when I got there, or when I was, you know, becoming a surfer and growing up and surfing and stuff, it was so, like, it was such a shameful thing to be an inland kid. You know, you'd, just, you'd get Trust heckled. me, brother, I know how yes, you feel. you know, you'd get heckled, especially going to Creek or trying to surf San Clemente Pier. How old were you when you first started going? Probably, like, when I first, on my own, you know, 14, 15, getting rides from guys like Brian Bent was in high school with us. Oh, and yeah. he was one of my first few rides to the beach. Dano, Dan Fort, mm. um, same. He was a senior, I think, when I was a freshman. So those and- guys were taking us surfing. Tell us where, where's El Toro? Like El Toro, like the so five, four, it's basically five. the 5405 split. Yeah. Okay. Right around there. It's now called Lake Forest, pretty much. But Got it's, it. it's just inland of the 405. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Um, right there at the yeah. uh, and, and Which isn't really that far from the beach, really. But, no, but, and, and honestly, growing up, there was no development so it was a 15 minute straight shot to either laguna or salt creek yeah it was super easy but now once now it could be an hour and a half you know yeah <laughs> with lights and stuff but um but yeah so growing up there i i actually i think i kind of started maybe a little late i would say yeah so like freshman year or junior high no junior high but i I really, I was into boogie boarding and, you know, we, we'd go to the beach and sponge yeah. it, you know, Laguna was just littered with all those rad little closeouts and you'd just get yeah, visions I was, I was all day long. I was a sponger. It was the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just... Body surf, build yeah. sandcastles, built their all own day. skimboard, like, all each day. day. Absolutely. You know, and So then, Laguna uh, was your first little stomping grounds? Sort of. It, it, that, up until probably high school-ish, and that's when... I started surfing probably around 13-ish, I want to say, 12. Mm -hmm. And my, my next door neighbor it was the same age as me. His dad was a surfer. So that and introduced you to so like... So that introduced me to surfing. We had, we had like a family camping trip outing every year for our birthdays. My, my birthday and his were the same in September. And uh, we What's your camped birthday? at Doheny, September 9th. Nice. I'm the second. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um... So good time of year. cool dudes in September, bro. That's right. So <laughs> we would camp at Doheny every year, and his dad brought boards, and we we got out there, and I mean, easily being whatever, twelve years old, and that light, and pushed in on a big giant seven something. It was easy. Stand up, go down the line. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is fun. Yeah. And you get and, like long, decent rides yeah, too. So at it's Doheny, like, where it yeah. was perfect for yeah. beginning, and I mean, it was instant. Like, oh, I'm in. This is great. How's that? We always talk about that, like those first memories of like gliding on a wave. Oh, so rad. And you get the speed, the water, like it's just did you, mind you, Did amazing. you take to it quick or? Completely, yeah. Uh, and I was like traditional sports, you know, I played soccer, baseball, all of that. And <clears throat> I did Jock. like, I didn't know I was, I, it was the opposite. I hated the team sports because I was like. But your dad. Mom. I was kind of like a. <laughs> Super competitive, secretly, <laughs> sore loser, and I hated the fact that I had to rely on all my other teammates 
to yeah, go yeah. win yeah. when I'm like, dude, I can give me that yeah. ball. Yeah. Hit the ball to me, dude. I'm going to catch it. I know that guy dropped it, but I'm going to, you know, yeah, it, was, it was pretty funny. And I just couldn't, couldn't I, I, play. Yeah. And I think that obviously at the same time, you know, picking up surfing where you're like, you don't need to rely. I think. Yeah. 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 It was just an individual sport. And then it was something that for us being inland kids, it was like we got to get away from our parents. We got to get away from just our environment inland. Yeah. And and the second I was able to actually go do that on my own and not. Would you try to ride your bikes to the beach too? No, that was yeah. way too far. Way, way Plus too it's far. all hills that separate. Yeah, there's no yeah. way. We, that would have been a mission. I think I made it to like the mall once or twice. And that was <laughs> do, do you think the parents are like, oh, the We'd go to the beach. Beach is safe and it's fine. They're going to keep you out of trouble. So they didn't yeah, really yeah. kind of hassle yeah. like you being there all day. Exactly. Yeah. And we had, you know, one parent would drop us off at Trestles or at Salt Creek. Those were kind of our two little, yeah. you know, and then another parent would pick us up. Yeah. And it was a little crew of our, us that all went to high school together. And it was funny. There was one, I remember one of the moms had this store in El Toro called Out of the Woods El Toro. And it was like a little like flower shop, tchotchkes and little things like that. But it was just this big giant mural on the side of a van that said, Out of the Woods, El Toro. And she would drop us off at the beach. And it's like, <laughs> we would cover our heads getting out of that van. Like, we're not from can El we Toro. Take, can, we take your, can we take your other car? Yeah, it was the it brand, was the, brand the, the inland brand, yeah. It was pretty funny. But, um, it's funny yeah, I mean, how you were saying you're uh, a closet competitor. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You you're I, wanted to win. But then, you know, earlier you were saying how you'd pull up to Salt Creek and... Oh, yeah. I, it was one of those things. You'd like, think I, that you'd I, be I like... I didn't want to go yeah. and do the actual competing, but I was also <clears> like closetly jealous and, and like, dude, I'm better than that guy. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I just didn't want to... Put myself out there and drive. Yeah. internal you know? drive you know yeah, like yeah. you know like yeah i mean competition is what what drives us you know absolutely yeah. in any aspect in any know? aspect for sure yeah. absolutely so but so, you don't have to be competitive like that so this kid and his parents took you guys surfing quite a bit yeah then well from there yeah we started surfing a little what was bit your first more board? often my first board was uh my dad was a. My dad was actually. He was a phone man. So he basically installed phone systems for a pre AT and T. It was Pacific Bell. Pac yeah. Bell back then. So he was, he worked for Pacific Bell installing phone systems in businesses. He actually installed the phone system at Infinity Surf Shop in Dana? Laguna Niguel oh, yeah. when they had that shop inland there, yeah. and traded a surfboard. No so way. He, yeah. GT sell it to you? No. Pre, Pre-GT <laughs> time. <laughs> right? But, but yeah, he'll, we'll, we'll get to him. <laughs> um, so he got me, it was like a 7.6 single fin with this real, I so wish I saved it. It had this amazing like 70s airbrush with like the wave peeling down the rails and a, wow. that whole thing. It was a... The, the label was Natural Designs, and I'm pretty sure it was either... Natural Designs. I think it was either Max McDonald or maybe Midget Smith. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. One of the two is who shaped it. Um, but that was my first surfboard that was yeah. mine, you know? So that from there, it was Doheny every weekend. Take me, Dad. Take me. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And progression happens pretty quick. You might have had that board, yeah, yeah. you know? At that age, for sure, it yeah. was, you know, especially on a, on a seven foot board, it was, yeah. How it was easy to figure out. How was that day when he came home and 
Oh, he probably so didn't tell you. He's, I mean, no. there's no phones. Yeah, yeah. Cell phones to tell you, hey, kid, kid, I got you aboard. No, I had no hey, idea. Son. It was literally, I, I'm pretty sure I slept in bed with it that night. <laughs> I waxed it up. And like, you sleep here? I sleep here. It was actually Is everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have enough covers? Oh, yeah. Full on. You know? And it was just so stoked. And from there, it was like, then at that point, I was pretty much done with like, okay, soccer, practice, no, nope, I'm going surfing, you know, take me to the beach. Starts consuming your time and yeah, you start alienating, you know, opening up your, your, absolutely. your hours. And that, that's where the focus went there until I, there was kind of like, my, my next board that I got was like my very first custom surfboard. And that's where I'm like, okay, I think I'm getting good enough to where I can like do this. Yeah. You know. Who'd you and get it from? What, what shop? There was a shop back then called Ocean Moves in Laguna Hills or kind of Laguna Niguel, I guess. It was inland from Salt Creek, kind of in between where Is I that was. Greg Arnett's place? Yeah. Greg Arnett owned it. Yeah. And the, the like house resident shaper there was Max McDonald. Okay. So I got a custom Max McDonald done and I was like, it was, it was like, did you, did, you, did you do the full like air spray like color yeah, combo well, up on I, the sheet? I, back then too, it was like you can choose where you put your laminates. Yeah, and what the color laminate? What color? And <clears throat> yeah. All of it. It was like game changing. You yeah, know, I got a board that was small, normal size for me and made for me. And it was like, I remember it was Christmas. My brother, who grew up surfing with me as well, he got. We each had our choice. So, you know, you're, you're going to get a surfboard for Christmas. So I chose to get a Max McDonald. My brother got a Rick Rock. Rick Rock, yeah. And back then, Rock shaped in his garage in El Toro. He lived in El Toro. He shaped out of his garage, and it was called Rocket. And we went to his garage. Me, my mom, and my brother ordered him a board. So awesome. Super rad. Yeah. Super rad. And I mean, I that experience of going to, like, a shaper, and they're, like, larger than life, you know, like men, you know? Oh, yeah, and totally, you're, like, there, totally. and you're, like, craftsmen, and you... Yeah, you know, yeah. filling up I mean, the sheet, seeing the room. We were in his garage, and we still were just like, oh Geek my gosh, it's real. Yeah, geeking yeah. out. For Geek so out. rad. And the funniest thing, too, the first, one of the first days going surfing with the new boards, walking down the beach at Salt Creek, my brother's carrying a rocket, and you hear from, like, somewhere, one of the peanut gallery up in the cliffs, rocket back to El Toro, poop. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And here it begins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was pretty rad. Kids and... <laughs> <laughs> surfers are so oh, especially we back then we were so we were brutal brutal yeah, yeah but i mean it's all it's how'd you like, find your way here i and i i look like back then i was super ashamed about it now i'm like super proud of the fact like i, I just yeah yeah it like look how much me. better i am than you are well <laughs> there was you grew up bit, on the beach i definitely yeah, grew cook. up with that like chippy you know i was a cocky little kid at times like oh yeah i'm from el toro well what, what's holding you back i'm surfing way better than you you know whatever especially when it when it got a little bit older and more competitors every day yeah. and, but um but yeah i mean it it made it to where i could go to anywhere from Newport to Oceanside and have friends and surf any one of those spots and feel comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. And not feel like, you know, I, it's funny, I have some of my friends now in Oceanside that are born and bred, you know, born and raised, never left. They got their spot. They, they either surf the pier, they don't even... That's surf. every beach, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and that's where I appreciate being from inland because I, yeah. I actually would drive 
an hour any any direction based on waves. Those guys literally, if the pier's flat, well, I'm going to work. Yeah. Like you realize there's a harbor right there. Yeah. You know, and it's two foot bigger. Oh, no, nah, I don't surf the harbor. Yeah. It's a mile that it's, way. Yeah, so close-minded. But but how important it is and how fast you'll learn to surf. Once you be able to, like, surf different waves, yep. you know, your Absolutely. skill set, you know, yep. adapts and you're able to kind of, like, because, yep. you know, surfing Huntington is way different than surfing Newport. And Newport's way different than Ocean's, you know. So, you know, so all those places have their unique, There's you know. Like, Lowers is the only place that you can surf every day and not have to go anywhere else in the world. I don't, right. I don't just mean that. I, I just mean in, in developing your your skill set and getting better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those that just surf the same yeah, spot, yeah. monotonous, and kind of like your program for that one, you know, being well, able to... With, yeah, yeah. with uh, <clears throat> John Glom, you know, yeah. when he first started surfing, it was the South Bay. And, right. you know, South Bay has hardly any good waves. Right. It's just a closeout. And he was telling us how it would it was to his benefit, you know, cause he would get up quick and get in a maneuver. Absolutely. Yeah. Up, you know, faster and quicker than anybody else. And if you surf different contests in different locations, yeah. you know, it's like shit, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing five turns on one wave. Hey, you guys stop bagging on South Bay's waves so bad. They're never, we're never going to get anybody <laughs> on there. No Sorry you guys. It gets really good certain times of the year. Yeah. They just get shouted well, they, they a lot. They don't want us to know that. Yeah. Is the thing. yeah. Dude, I'm doing them a favor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Keep a people. They're out. like, yeah, Linda. Yeah. Talk <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep everybody yeah. out of South Bay. You know, every, every spot has, you know, different times of the year, obviously. Of but, course. Uh, of course. But, yeah. But, you know, yeah, that's interesting. You 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 had such you know based on where you're at, you had all those different spots to yeah. go to based on the waves versus being stuck at. One yeah, spot. and I, I mean it it really benefited me as a kid. You know, I got to and more than the waves themselves. It was just the the little niches of groups yeah. of friends that I made. You know, yeah. I would come to Newport, and I mean back then I was a kid when I first got sponsored i think it was newport surf company Co? newport surf it was newport surf and sport or surf company there was both was right a, there's oh, both greg, of those. greg hughes and stan Gra- oh that's hughes newport and stan. surf and sport surf and sport yeah so you know i started I, somehow I, and i don't even know how that happened i just I, back then they used to have team tryouts for things yeah. and i think i surfed a team tryout and made it and it was like dude i'm, I'm sponsored in Newport. In Newport. From El Toro. Yeah. And, and again, and I... How come... I, was, wasn't there like local... No, Yeah. You know... More local Well, the, the very first time I did one, <clears throat> I remember this was like kind of the first time I ever surfed any kind of a contest or anything. There was an infinity team tryouts at Oceanside Harbor of all places. Nice. And I used to surf around, you know, obviously Salt Creek and, and some of those areas... And I was a Grom. I wasn't any bit sponsored. I didn't think I was quite good enough yet. But we all looked up to like Eric Diamond, um, you know, Kevin Billy, um, Crookshank was like yeah. a legend. You know, all those guys were yeah. just, uh, we all just looked at those guys like they were superstars. And I remember we went out, I surfed a heat, made the first heat, and then we were on the beach getting ready for like the semifinals or something like that. And it was this little group of Groms. I don't even know who else was in the contest, honestly. And Eric Diamond came and sat with us. He's like, okay, so you guys, you always, you're already on the B team. If you make this heat and make the finals, you're going to get on the A team. And, I, wow. and in that moment, I was like, 
I'm done. I'm on the B team, dude. Are you kidding? <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're content with cool. the B team. Like, I was cool. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why I didn't do so well in contests. <laughs> I was content. Like, I made the quarters. I'm cool. I can, you know? But, yeah, I was, like, psyched. I'm, I'm on the team, and I got, like, whatever it was back then, probably, like, a 50 bucks off a board or a 100 bucks off a board, yeah. which was huge, you know? Definitely. But then, uh, and again, I don't know how we got up to Newport, but we did... And started hanging with that whole crew, which was amazing back then. There was such a rad scene of surfers. Like, I, I mean, so like, that was uh, your first sponsor, like, yeah, surf shop. Todd which is Bowsman or um, Bowsman was around Miller? for sure. Miller was maybe a little younger than myself. Um, I was so the, I remember Newport Surf and Sport was like. Berlin. I hung out a lot with. Remember Dylan Crouch? Yeah, I hung out a lot with Dylan Crouch. I would go stay with him in the summers and stay at his mom's he lived right on the kind of in that little trailer park right across from river jetties yeah um so i'd stay there quite a bit and we would surf with him and i remember the giddings goes and the giddings um there was cordell and uh cordell was a little young little estrada the estrada brothers which dave's estrada i see in oceanside daily yeah bomb bill bomb the, the Billy Bobs. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there were so many scene. good surfers. They, like, were, they were all so rad. And we, I remember back then there was like a monthly Newport Surf and Sport team workout at River Jetty. So we would go and it was just that whole crew of guys, you know, yeah. and they were, every one of them ripped. Billo was kind of like, Billo just came from Kauai, I want to say. And he was kind of like the team captain at that time. And huh. it was, it was pretty rad. What, pretty what, cool if, what about like surf contests? When did you like, besides those team Trial. Yeah, I didn't start. I, again, I was kind of late to the party on a lot of it. Um, I think my first contest, I you know, I did all the. There was the NSSAs back then. There was NSSAs, WSAs, CCSAs, 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 or CSA. Yeah. So if you were like best kids, were NSSAs in the national team. Those were you know. Then the WSA had some guys like, I remember like Beshin and guys like that were winning WSAs. Um, for me, I always, I, I went and surfed some of all the other randoms because I'm like, oh, I can I can make a final there. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to make a final at this NSSA with, you know, yeah. all the best kids from up and down the coast. And, CSAs, there are a lot at Oceanside, like, yeah. you know, and Huntington. They, well, they had, they had the CSA like South that was Oceanside to the border a bunch of different they had an orange county series and yeah. an la county series and i kind of did all of them and i think i won the csa series one year like 88 i want to say 87 maybe nice which it would have been 88 i graduated or yeah it would 87 i graduated high school in 87 so it was around around that time but and and that again doing those growing up and just doing yeah. amateur contests i mean it's it kind me. of picked yeah pick your poison whatever weekend where you wanted to go and how yeah. you're going to get there. There's a yeah. contest everywhere. Exactly. And it was rad. I mean, whether you were driving to Santa Cruz or to, you know, there was one in Port Wainimi, there was one in down in Imperial Beach. There was, yeah. you know, and that just exposed me to every single one of those spots and making friends at those little beaches. And, you know, and then it was like, oh, cool. So-and-so lives down, you know, Justin Poston lives in Mission Beach. Let's go hang with him this weekend. And and, and that's the way you roll, couch, couch surfing and come yeah. stay at me and sit totally. on the floor or whatever. Yeah. Just... And, and I, I don't, you know, a lot of my friends that were like the Salt Creek kids or the, the San Clemente kids or whatever, Newport, they, would, they wouldn't leave their little bubbles where I would 
just go to yeah. any one of them on any given weekend. That's funny, yeah. right? It's, yeah. I kind of, uh, there's, some, there's some kids that will do that yeah, go to other yeah. places. Who, who do we interview that loved uh, Vinny De La Pena? Yeah. yeah, Vinny was yeah. good about doing that. He loved it. He's like, I'm going to be there on Sunday. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to, because the contest kept him out of trouble mm-hmm. and partying because, you know, he wanted to be there on Sunday wherever yeah. the contest was. Yep, yep. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's good about the contest. But, you know, you know, you had a little bit of that experience growing up in Inland, so you always yep. were doing that. But usually it happens once you start competing up and down the coast. Yeah, but, exactly. Making friends with but, all the but, yeah, but it, yeah, but it opens up your eyes to like... Completely. My, my, I serve my place every day. It kind of gets not, you know, right. boring, yeah. but, you know, you want to change it up. Yeah. And, I change the scenery. Dude, I remember sure. the L.A. guys. House parties. The, like, cruise chicks. A little bit later on, kind of like late 90s, or not late, but early 90s, um, the L.A. guys would come from like, they all, I mean, if if you lived in Malibu back then, you were, weren't a surfer, really. There wasn't too many local surfers in Malibu, but so all the Malibu guys lived inland. And every summer, you'd see them at lowers. All, and like, you guys drive an hour and a half every single day, yeah. each way. And it was no big deal to them. No big deal. You know, and that's where I was like, if that's, they can do that, I'm going to Ocean. Do you remember that? I'm going to Del Mar or whatever. I, who were those guys? Mick Barber? Um, Evan Caples? Caples was one of them for sure. There was, there was, um... Morgan was amazing. Morgan Bonin. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I think know. I remember Morgan that. Yeah. He passed a few years back, but Morgan was one of the, he was a close friend and like one of the best Malibu surfers. Yeah. Super buttery point break style and just yeah. ripping and good style and just rad dude, rad human. But um, uh, him and Caples were about the same age. There was, there was, um, Gosh, I can't even think of his name. Joey Jenkins and those kind of guys. Yeah, they Ricky Schaefer. Ricky Schaefer. Yeah. They would yeah. be at lowers. He's still lowers. Yeah, Rick, Ricky's He's still, still there. Ripping. He's actually there guaranteed yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it could be. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and ripping still. Ripping. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool, you know? Yeah, trothing. But yeah, I mean, they're... You'd you trip. You're like, wait, you got Malibu. You got all these points up here and you're coming yeah. all the way down. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, but those guys just were dedicated and, and into it and... And Malibu is not like the most consistent wave in the world. Yeah. So they would, Lowers was breaking every single day. Yeah. You know? So they would come down. Yeah. So who is your first like clothing sponsor? Um, gosh, uh, probably Maui and Sons. I, yeah. I think I, so I, I got sponsored by Newport Surf and Sport and rode a bunch of little random boards from, remember back then there was, they had this little pool of shapers, Mike Lytle. Greg Sykes lineup. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Howard Duck lipsticks. And I wrote a bunch of those. It was like you were on either one of those, you know. And then from there, I I was surfing Salt Creek every single day. And they were like, why are you riding these boards from Newport? What the heck, you know? And that's when GT was like, dude, let's get you on an Infinity. So I went into the shop there, got an Infinity, he put me on their little program there, which was amazing. So you and stopped riding for Newport Surf. So I stopped riding for Newport Surf and Sport at yeah. that time, and then uh, stopped going to Newport. Stop going to Newport. <laughs> it was basically banned from Newport for life. <laughs> um, started riding for Infinity, and somewhere along the lines, like I, I still stayed in touch with Brillo, obviously, and started. You know, that's when we were all surfing contests, and the PSAs were starting up, 
and were you were you noticing differences in those boards uh, honestly not a ton because i wasn't i just wasn't paying attention yeah you know that that's one thing i just i, I realized like everything that i had growing up at that age and it just all the you know so many amazing surfboards and in humans and people and i just wasn't paying attention yeah it was just like because you know. to, to think back every every like time period there's certain shapers that were the yeah go to for sure the kids that were winning contests they were all kind of riding for sure and right? i think I mean, it, I, I mean again <clears throat> at that time in newport it was those three the the lytles and and sykes and that crew yeah then uh, definitely, if you were in Salt Creek Zone, it was you were riding a Terry Senate Infinity, or Randy was, Slays. Mm, yeah, Randy Slay was pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, there was like a couple, you know. And this was Temponi was out there too. No, he was Huntington. He was Huntington, was Huntington. Newport, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Deathbox rode for him for for a few years. Yeah, gotta and get that. I remember in. his boards yeah. looked rad when, when we when we rode for the surf. Oh, the surf. Z- no, Zasaf. <laughs> See, yeah. the surf to me was always I'm all Tom, Tom oh Kern rides for this shot yeah, exactly I'm like <laughs> I had no idea what it was I'd never even seen it I just knew it was Tom Kern rode for them so it, I thought it was like yeah. amazing and it was it was literally you know a mile and a half two miles inland from yeah. the beach off, like right. off a of beach boulevard in the corner yeah, like at the yeah. strip by the pen right yeah where the pen is yeah, yeah. is on the far end with the that's funny rub and tug is that I think or tattoo parlor or something <laughs> I don't know what's our don't even know what that is Laura <laughs> Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> but the, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, you know, the shape, you know, when you're a kid or you're going through surfboards, you're just trying to get like, who's going to give me the best deal? How many yeah. boards can I get? Like, you're That's really probably not about. thinking like technical, like, well, yeah. this one wrote, you're just yeah. in the moment of yeah. like, so well, buying you, your house. You want to ride the boards that your friends are riding. That well, too, for that, sure. For sure. And I, I mean, air spray, sticker placement, you could yeah. go down the list, Lennon. Yeah. yeah, it's all important. <laughs> but again, like, that's why I, I feel like I totally missed opportunities, you know? Like, I yeah. was, I just wasn't paying attention enough to that kind of stuff where, you know, is all I really cared about is who's giving me the best deal, which, yeah. you know, obviously is not necessarily the right way to go about it. And uh, it was, I should have been thinking about who's making me the best deal boards and yeah. the best equipment and you know and forge a relationship with them in that sense yeah. rather than like <clears throat> just trying to you know get a better deal on the next one and and oh i mean i went through gosh i don't even know probably 15 different random clothing sponsors throughout the year really just because i was like oh these guys are going to give me some uh, 500 bucks to go here and some gear sure yeah. i'll take it and then next month it was like oh these guys are going to give me 500 more bucks and yeah. send me here. Okay, I'll take it. And I wasn't thinking about the the back end of things. Yeah, or, right. You know what I mean? So, so uh, your first sponsor was Maui and Sons for clothing. Yeah, so Brillo was running the Maui and Sons team and put me on Maui and Sons, which, you know, it was did, funny. Did you have to come up with a portfolio and a resume or... Yeah, it was funny. Back then, it was like literally a, a three-ring binder with like polaroids you yeah. know inside the little like cellophane thing yeah and it's like this is my portfolio and, and gosh even before then again my dad put the phone system in at a company called team gear oh shit remember team gear Dude, yeah. that was an hp brand yeah that really? was i think I, I thought they were dana point ish but you might be right honestly i, I 
if I I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty positive Craig Etchigo and Papa Etch was yeah. like one of the main investors in it. Could be. Dean Quinn was like the, yep. the pro surfer guy. Yeah. So Dean Quinn was kind of the pro team yeah. manager. Yeah. I remember Gurr rode for him, actually. That's right. He did for, for a short time. Yeah. But, so my dad got me in there. It's like, oh, my kid can kind of surf. You should check him out. And I literally put together like Polaroids and went in there and they gave me a box of gear. I was like, dude, I'm sponsored. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was, like, was that stoked. before Malian Sons yeah, or after? Yeah, well before. Okay. Well before. And then... Uh, so that was, I guess, the first kind of taste of being sponsored, yeah. you know. And then there was... Dude, how awesome is that? Oh, it was amazing. Right? Yeah, I like, mean... You could have given me a hat or like, <clears throat> dude, you gave me a hat today. I'm pretty psyched. <laughs> you know, um, like... Just don't go hunting, you know. That's yeah, like, yeah, right. You got the day glow orange. I love it. That thing is rad, dude. It is pretty cool. But, um, um, but yeah, that's so... Yeah. I mean, for people to realize, especially like your parents too, like oh. how... Like, wow, you're good enough to get free stuff? Yeah, my, I mean, my mom couldn't believe that somebody actually gave me free clothing. Yeah. That was amazing, you know? And then, so after that is when, gosh, that was, again, early. I was still in high school. Um, and right around graduating time is when I was like, okay, now I, I got to figure something out. I'm yeah. graduating high school. I'm not going to college. <laughs> were, were you a good student? Like, no, or it was did, pretty horrible. I, I was, did you like I, school? No, no, not at all. I was, I was full, you know, surf burnout stoner, you know, yeah. back then I smoked way more weed than anybody should have. And I can't picture you smoking weed. It's bizarre. I, Cause I'd be terrified if I did today. I'd be under this table. Not talking to either <laughs> one of you guys, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot stronger. These days. <laughs> True. I guess so. But, you know, it's a little been, bit more fun. Yeah. Wait, it's when did the kids get home? Years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. I had this, like, I, I, I kind of had these two separate little lives, you know, like growing up inland with my, my friends from inland where we all partied and, and did some drugs and, you know, did all that stuff. But then there was all my friends that were sponsored surfers that were pretty serious sponsored surfers. And I kind of hung out with them a little bit, but then I would always go back home yeah. and go party and go off into that zone. So I never really had both feet in. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, it took me a while to get there to have both feet in. And it, it, it really took me till I moved and moved out of El Toro I, around, that was in 90. So right, like I graduated high school, started surfing more contests and stuff like that. Started doing the Bud Tours. That's when I started writing for Maui and Sons the PSA bud tours or whatever. And those were amazing. You could win a heat, win a hundred bucks. Yeah. So you, did you turn pro then? Yeah. Mallion sons was, I think I got 500 bucks a month and I was like a legit, I'm pro I'm 500 bucks a month. I was like, dude, I'm freaking going on tour. What do you need? <laughs> you know, I was so stoked. Were you getting shots in the bag? Not a lot. I, again, I was pretty horrible at just, I was horrible at playing the game and being a part of the industry and being, I just wasn't, I was a shy kid. I, I didn't like crowds. I always like, okay, we're all going to go surf and shoot this wave over here. Cool. I'm going to go down this way. You know, <laughs> I just wasn't, I, I wasn't good at it, you know, and because it, it's, you know, it, I like you bring that up because it is, it is work and it's a, you yeah. know, you got to market yourself and 100%. Yeah. you got to put a lot of your time in and you got to hustle. And, and I, I and was you have to that hassle that. You, you know, have to hassle totally. other people in yeah. the water to get oh, you're to all the right shot. Or oh, you're all battling yeah. for the shot and yeah. the best way of the day would, in the right spot. I would shoot photos with those guys every now and then, but I never really got a shot, and I never felt like I was surfing good enough, you know. And, and I just, 
it just wasn't my thing. And, and again, that was part of like, I wasn't totally all in, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, I can go to El Toro and be perfectly happy being the best kid at my high school. Everyone, you know, like, oh, he's the best guy at El Toro. Rad. I went to Salt Creek and I was number 35 on the list. You know, there was <laughs> yeah. a lot of best kids there. You yeah. know, everyone ripped. Pat and, and Vinny and all those guys. Any other, like, sponsors, you know, during the Maui and Sons tour days you were collecting money from? And um, I had a Japanese surf shop that sponsored me for a little while for a few hundred bucks a month, which was... Drop out. But, yeah, so, you know, you got yeah, yeah. You some add-ons. And you, yeah, you yeah. Know, there's a contest every month. And for sure. Was it Dropout? No, it was called Bravery. I remember Bravery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, which they were awesome. But, I wrote um, for Dropout. It was a board brand. Yeah, they, yeah, that was they a had board shops brand, too, right? Yeah, but they had a lot, yeah. Okay. They, Bravery. Bravery Surf Shop. And how did you get connected with them? Through Xanadu. So that's when, yeah. then I started writing for, it, it, gosh, I mean, I'm really, really horrible at timelines. I, I think everything happened in like 89, 90. <laughs> and after that, I'm everything. <laughs> but um, so it was, it was all around then. I, I got sponsored by Aloha Surfboards. There was a guy in at Salt Creek that had the license to do Aloha in the United States. Um, and he was kind of a shady dude. Um, ended up actually being a really good guy. I, yeah. I still um, know him, but... Uh, because I, I brought that up just an episode or two ago, and I'm like, Aloha? yeah, yeah, like we were talking about it, um, and I'm like, yeah, I got a board from them when I was writing for Service Board, and they're trying to get boards in, yeah, yeah. and I got a board shaped. They they shaped me yeah. one. You know, we we carried Aloha's, but they were trying there to make was, a push. There yeah. was two guys shaping them in the United States back then. There was Tom Ballastar. Yeah. So I got one from Tom Ballastar, and it was good, um, whatever. And then the guy that had the license was like, hey, I want, you should get one from this Brazilian guy that I have shaping for me. He was shaping boards out of Basham's shop in San Clemente. The dude that just passed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was... Brad? Andy. Yeah. Brad, Brad Basham. Basham. Rest yeah. in peace. Um, yeah, Brad was amazing. Such a nice guy. But uh, yeah, it was Xanadu shaping Aloha's. And he was just kind of trying to do it on own label. And um, I remember I brought my board in and met Xanadu for the first time. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. He's the most bizarre human being you've ever met in your life, yeah. even today. Um, <laughs> was, his, was his name Xanadu? Or was yeah, it? No, I mean, his name's Paulo, but I mean, nobody knew his real name. Yeah. Still to this day, I don't think anybody knows his yeah. real name. I didn't know his name until we interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, he'll correct but, you but and was say, he, if or, you call him by his real name, he'll correct people and say, yeah. no, Xanadu. <laughs> you know, that, but, um, the artist known as. But was he yeah, already yeah. Xanadu? When yeah, you yeah, he okay. was. He was right. always that because that, that his name was. I think he was named after like his property in Brazil. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it was the gate. It was yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. on the, the property on the estate. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, I've been there. Um, <laughs> you have been there. I have. Wow. But um, so yeah, I got a board from Xanadu, but I brought my Ballastar, um, or yeah, the board you're riding the most. I went the good one, and I had. I had a sticker on the tail block, Ozzy, the Ozzy Osbourne sticker on the very tail block. And Xanadu was like, oh, you like Ozzy? <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, at that, back then, I was, and still today, but I was like a metal freak. I loved Ozzy Osbourne. I loved Black Sabbath. It was like, and that's Xanadu and I just clicked. That's so and awesome. <laughs> he like, 
walked into his shaping room. He put on some metal on like twelve and started shaping a board. I'm like, dude, this guy rips. <laughs> you know, and we just clicked. We got along. Yeah. It's like he gets me. Yeah. Cool. And from there, I started writing Xanadu. He's like, you should just ride for. He made me one Aloha. He's like, I want you should ride my own label. And he had this wild giant logo. But I mean, the, it was, the Xanadu all stretched yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was like spelled out. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was normal back then. It yeah. is. cut it off. The logo before that was even that he tried on his own. It was basically like a caricature drawing of his face that was like wild. <laughs> Made that Xanadu look like nothing. But um, so yeah, I started writing his boards, and and that's when that's like the first time that I realized like. Oh, you can actually work with a shaper and start getting good boards and start like yeah. building, you know, the next week and doing little tweaks and things like that instead of just writing an order form, handing it in and walking. But plus, your yeah. abilities, you know, you, yeah, you kind of sure. know what works, what doesn't, what yeah. way this board works, you know. And yeah, yeah. And I started to figure things like that yeah. out, you know, which, which took me a while. Again, I, I think I was a little bit of a late bloomer, you know, but. Well, when you're, you know, surfing and surfing contests sometimes you don't think about unfortunately you don't think about design and no you just kind of rely on the board builder to yeah, yeah. build you the right boards and i didn't you know back then i we weren't thinking like okay i need this board for this wave i need this board for small waves i need this board for i mean it was like you got it's funny i mean i was i was a little kid i think i wrote a 6-1 my entire surfing life until like <laughs> 10 years ago when everything started to shrink a little bit, yeah, and now I'm on a, like a five nine, five ten is like a bigger board. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's but, uh, again back to John Glom. Right. He wrote a twin fin and ten foot Haleiwa. Yeah. A what, six foot or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He wrote one board that's in all contests. That's what you had. Yeah. You know? yeah. And when we it was like ordering step ups and stuff to go to Hawaii back then, it was like, what do I get? How do I do this? I think my very first time going to Hawaii, I brought a six six. It, that was, God, it was from Newport Surf and Sport. I can't remember the shaper, but um, and for me that was like a rhino chaser. Yeah. And and I was like, I'm gonna go surf big sunset on this thing. I'm gonna go, <laughs> and, and I was like, got back to reality yeah. pretty quick. You paddle out, and you're like, this is this is a little there. twig. I'm getting tossed around <laughs> yeah. like a pinball. I, I paddled out and was like, yeah, no, I'm going in. I, I think I caught a whitewash and went in. It was like surf sunset today. Yeah. What, what, yeah, was your uh, was Hawaii like one of your first trips going anywhere? My, yeah, that was my first surf trip for sure. Was going to Hawaii. family or friends? It, no, or? it was a, it was kind of like an early high school graduation. Me and a bunch of kids from high school nice. went stayed at Mark Fu's place at Rocky Point. Yeah, and we just we surfed Rocky Point every single day. Nice, every single day. I didn't even know that any there was other waves. And I, the funny thing is, for like the first three days, I surfed Monster Mush because that was basically out in front of the house thinking I was surfing Rocky Point. Yeah. And it took me like to the third day, like, where are all those people surfing up the way? What's that wave? <laughs> and it was Rocky Point. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. There it is. And finally we like kind of merged our way and started surfing there. And I remember I remember I got out of the water one session at Rocky Point and I was walking up the beach and Latronic, who you know, was older and just a ripping pro back then that we all looked up to, was like, dude, what's your name? Who you you surf good? Wow! You're, you're like you're surfing better. Uh, he threw out a random name of like a Hawaiian pro. He's like you're you're other than him. You're the best guy out there right now. I'm like, 
And I just was like, yeah, how sick is that? I was so stoked. I was yeah. like 16, you know, I was so stoked. I'm like, dude, Electronic just told me I'm ripping. <laughs> I mean, from there, I was just over the moon. You but know? Yeah. that had to have been such a boost. Of, oh, completely. Like, completely. where's that 6'6 six, six again? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was looking <laughs> Where's Sunset? I'm going to Sunset. <laughs> yeah, but that's, what I, that's the one and only board I took. I was surfing that at Monster Mush, Rocky Point, and Sunset. Because I just didn't have anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. How cool is it, though, that, you, you know, you go find, you know, a wave just a little bit down and not know it. And then you're like, oh, this is where all the pros are at. This, this is where all the it. cameramen at. This yeah, is, yeah. You know, like, this yeah. is the spot. And then, you know, another 100 yards and there's another spot. You go, oh, yeah. 100 yards, there's another I, spot. I don't think that first year, I don't think we even saw a pipeline. I don't think we even went down the beach that far and even figured out where it was maybe it's too far to walk the sand's too deep Honestly, way yeah. to find out. I, don't even, I think we were just so psyched to be at our house on the beach at monster mush rocky point and yeah. we had it all we were like and, and again i was i wasn't with any bit of sponsored surfers whatsoever i was with a bunch of kids from high school that we all went to high school together yeah and they didn't have any interest in that too they just were they were cool enough to surf monster mush every single day they didn't know any better yeah. The, so, the very first trip I took to the North Shore, it was like late spring and it was flat everywhere. And I was just like, wow, what is the, you know. All the big hype. Where is yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> like we stayed at Rubber Duckies, that those, oh, yeah. like trailer park homes or yep. whatever. And I remember like going to shops and I, I bring this up every once in a while, but, you know, you walk into a surf shop in on the north shore and see Every pictures trip. of those waves oh, yeah yeah and you're like where's that fuck like yeah right it gets like that here right because you can't you know i mean i don't get it like what is yeah, this you can't pick when it's when you go there well, off season and it's a lake it, well and the magazines imagine. are only looking at like the, the the surfer and the wave and the curl you know like you, you don't get the full perspective until yeah. you're on the beach yeah. like when yeah, you yeah. you watch pipeline and or look at pipeline through video or magazine and then you're on the beach, you're like, wait, it breaks this, like, right there? Yeah. Like, that's it. It's that's kind it. of trippy, for sure. And then the biggest I ever saw it was when, remember when I went with you and Rydog and... Yeah. Holy crap. It, it, I don't even know. It was gigantic. Late 90s when they had the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Waimea was, like... It was oh, closing yeah. out, and there was a... They, they're like, there's a third reef. There's a third outside reef. Right. Like, log cabins was, right, right. you know, the spot yeah. that, you know... And um, for for uh, Brian, Brad, your you guys' age, seeing that Brad Shaw like, and, and yeah, like I think Noah and Briley and you know, yeah, yeah. there was like a, just a handful that were able to make it out. Yeah, yeah, like, because crazy. they couldn't even get their, the skis from the beach, like anywhere on the North Shore. They closed it down completely, and then guys went to like Makaha and tried to go all the way around. It was like <laughs> it was chaos. crazy. Yeah, I remember. I think I went and walked to Waimea. Yeah, and I remember you know. The, the Cam Highway was, was just packed. washing over oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and when I walked to the cliff, like whitewash mist was coming out above the cliff right. on the road, and a fucking coconut landed in the street. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Holy crap! Like, can't. what in the hell's going on here?" It was whitewater. Like, it was just like I've I've never seen this. I've been here freaking ten years in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I've never yeah. seen this. Honestly, like, nobody, seeing waves you could like that, I couldn't imagine RTD surfing RTD bus in, in the waves, yeah. like in the barrels. It was that huge. It was crazy. It's, it's, it's so it, 
crazy to see today. And I mean, every time I go or every time I've ever been, you just, just when it's when it gets that big and just I can sit there at one of the houses and watch yeah, all day for long. sure. It's so it's like it's it's a full show. Yeah. And to see how that's one thing that the going to Hawaii the first couple times, it was like that's when I realized like, okay, I'm not that good. These guys are <laughs> not really you yeah. know and you you know, I was a so cal cocky little kid that thought I ripped and you know, I got well, better. Michaeltronic made you other than Michaeltronic yeah. thinking I ripped. But um yeah. uh, there you know, you'd see some of the guys that would come over from Hawaii and like, oh, I'm better than that guy. I serve better than that guy, or whatever. That guy, that guy's got bad style, you know. And I was always so hyper focused on style. You got to have good style. But then when I went to Hawaii the first time and paddled out it like anywhere, it was like, oh, that's the difference. That guy's gnarly. <laughs> that, like, yeah. he's comfortable like I am at trestles. I, I'm it's like scared for my life right now. If I get a wave, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. And they're surfing it like it's nothing. Yeah. And to like even, I mean, that was early 90s so think about it today now guys are surfing pipeline hitting the lip or like surfing sunset on six twos and <sighs> and putting their tail in the lip and doing airs and it's like you know a wave like that today would knock me unconscious and drag me to the sand and those guys yeah we talked we talked insane. about board you know what we ride here and boards and in yeah. hawaii it's changed drastically it's too yeah. and in the past five years it seems yeah. like it's well remember like Slater was riding that like wizard stub nose, like mm-hmm. yeah, at Pipe, like sleeve. ten years, at least ten years ago, Easy way ten long, years ago. yeah, Easily. probably twelve years ago. And they're like, "What is he doing?" And like, he, but he, and he looked good on it. Yeah, yeah, but he got, but nobody was going to admit. Oh, he would have done way better and looked yeah, yeah, way better. Yeah. On, you know, it was just, no. but like it, it started evolving a while ago. But yeah, like you said, the last right. five years has but been that the nineties. It was like Hawaii, Hawaii guns, Hawaii quivers oh. were like. Oh yeah, I, like you I said, still six have eight, one. Six, 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 eight, six, ten, seven, oh, seven, two. That was it. Yeah, that was you know, it. seven six. Like I have those a six were the... ten Xanadu in my garage from back then, and it seriously looks like a water ski. Yeah, yeah. It's probably seventeen inches wide. I mean, there's <laughs> there uh, a like, Where, Where's the where's the toe straps? That yeah, <laughs> I'm like, there's no chance I could have picked this thing up and thought I was going to paddle out at Haleiwa or whatever. Yeah. And I remember, I think I surfed that in a heat in Haleiwa. I probably got smoked, but it was yeah. like thought that was a good board. There's yeah. just, I mean, it's crazy that how they've how they've changed. You know. Yeah. So but, how long did you do the? Uh, the PSAs for um, pro surfing, I probably only a couple years. Honestly, like I said, I kind of, I kind of realized early. Like I, I think I'm a little better on the other side of this whole thing. You know, um, yeah, I was always losing, and again, I was a sore loser. It's like secretly competitive. I, I wasn't, I wasn't outwardly competitive guy. I would get into a heat, and in my head, I'm like, I can beat that guy. I can beat that guy any little bit of an intimidation tactic from anybody, I'd be like, yep, no, you go ahead. You got it. <laughs> and I just wasn't good. You, you weren't know? Skeletor? No. You weren't, you weren't, I remember, I remember surfing on a tour heat, and I, it was San Clemente Pier. It was a PSA, and I remember Davey Miller surfed he was really, back then, yeah. and he was just big and gnarly, and... He pad- I, I was winning the heat and catching these little rights into the pier, and Davey Miller paddled up to me in the heat. He's like, you catch another wave, Grom, I'm going to kick your ass when you get to the beach. 
And I literally just paddled halfway down the beach and just like cowered. Nope. I still won. That guy was a dick. <laughs> oh, no, he was gnarly. He <laughs> was so gnarly. He picked me up like many times on the North Shore in his little yeah. like Nissan pickup yeah, yeah. truck or whatever. Like Oh yeah. So he was cool to you? <laughs> oh. Wasn't cool, but that's what they that's how we got around a lot yeah, of times. Especially yeah. if you had to go to Foodland and, totally. and carry a couple bags. Yeah. Strider told us a, yeah. a story he about him. Yeah. He right. was gnarly. Oh, yeah. he made me carry it, like help him carry an engine block somewhere for, at his house in like, <laughs> he was staying at a house at Pipeline and I helped him carry this freaking giant engine block. I'm like, sure, I'll help you out. I'm like, it's Davey Miller. Of course, I'm going to help him out. And yeah. like, just give me a wave next time I see you out in the water. And he looked at me, he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> After I helped him, it's like, yeah. okay, I guess not. <laughs> like, so classic. Yeah. But that, so I did that for a couple, I don't know, a couple of years, probably till like the 90 couple-ish. I, then I started, I, I mean, I really, from then I really just started working for Xanadu. I, I moved from El Toro out of my parents' house in 1990 down to, I moved in with Xanadu in his house. You lived with Xanadu. So I live, he's like, if you come down here, I'll give you a place to live. I, I need somebody to help me run the business. You know, to, back then it was just doing little blank pickups and drop-offs and deliveries and, I mean, delivering boards to you at yeah. um, Surf and Sport. But um, <clears throat> so I was I was living with him, working for him, and I was still kind of trying to give it a go. Not, you know, pretty pretty haphazardly though. Um, but it's good partnership because he needed somebody young that's in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's hungry. And and I was just around yeah. everybody, you know. I mean, at the end, it was Brad and we yeah. had Donovan, Shay, Corey, those kind of guys. Yeah. He and, was starting to blow and, up. I mean, at that time, he was probably one of the top five shapers in the yeah. world, you know. He had Merrick, he had Rusty. Which had, those were the big labels, for yeah. sure. And then it was Xanadu. I mean, Mayhem was just starting to shake boards. He wasn't even in the mix yet. Same with Timmy. So, I mean, really, he was was killing it back then. I mean, obviously, he had somebody like Brad, who was number two in the world. Lisa Anderson. Lisa Anderson, who was winning world titles. Yeah. Um, And then this crew of younger guys like Shay and Donovan and them. How was... uh, Were you helping him get these guys, or were they... Yeah, well, Brad was already there. Um, The rest kind of came from me I think honestly I mean he had this stable of like Brad Baldy and this like San Diego crew you know that were the best guys down there for sure Colin Smith um but then the others Donovan came from me um because he was my friend that's who I, I Donovan grew up at Mission Viejo we went to high school there so we we were inland kids that were friends surfing and traveling a little bit here and there. Um, there was Matt Coleman, that yeah. was, again, another friend of mine. Shane, Corey, I don't know how, if they they just came because they saw, you know, hey, in Xanadu, this guy's shaping the best boards in the world for the surf, best surfers in the world. I might as well get some boards from him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, that's, that's, again, that's kind of where I felt like I was like the in-between guy for... Xanadu connecting with all of these surfers and then connecting some of them to like like my friend Andy who I lived with at the time after after Xanadu I moved in with my friend Andy Davis who was who founded Free Clothing and he was running Free Clothing and I started surfing for him and what a, uh, he got like this that was little, such a killer oh, it was such an amazing uh, did you did you write for Planet Earth too 
No, no I just worked for Planet Earth. Okay. During the audio, the audio that, Planet that, Earth. Okay, I, I didn't know if that's program. how you got the audio gig. If you're like writing, for, you know. No, um, no, no. It, they were they were primarily skate. Yeah. Focused brand, but then hired me to help build a surf program. But Xanadu, you were there. I mean, for yeah, still I, I worked like, in Xanadu like for. Gosh, I worked there for probably eight years, wow. seven or eight years, and you know, helping him basically at, towards the end, it was basically running his entire business. You know, he was shaping boards, and I would pretty much do everything else. Yeah. You do all the um, taking all the orders, office manager, delivery, ordering materials. All like you're in charge of it, it all. All of it, you know. And but it was rad because at that time, I mean, the people that came through the door at Sanity at that time, when he, I mean, again, yeah. he was one of the best shapers in the world. So he was making. Whether they rode for him or not, he was making boards for the Sunnies and and Luke Egan's and those kind of guys. Yeah. And, and and that was like the glory days of professional surfing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and where, where magazines were big and, was, and pro oh, surfing was big and absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the trend of surfing was big. Completely. Yeah, I, was, I got a couple boards because I saw so many people yeah, on them, and yeah. I was writing for like other people, and I'm like, I got to try a couple of these, yeah. you know. And he was good. He, yeah. he just honestly, he 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 couldn't get out of his own way half the time. And if he could, he would be he would be Al Merrick today. Yeah. He, but he was pretty I don't know, eccentric. No, well, he, of course, but every he's an artist. I honestly, yeah, every artist is eccentric yeah they have to be and but beyond that he was just he had some weird things going on that were more personal where i just i don't think he was he, he's been burned a bunch in his life so he was just like i'm not going to give that person this and you know I, oh i don't want to he just didn't want to extend himself out to I'm like, dude, make this guy a board. Oh, no, he rides for so-and-so. I know, but just make him a board. No, 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 no. He's going to take my board, show it to his shaper, and then they're going to copy it. And he just wouldn't. It was just, no, yeah. I won't do that. And it's like, dude, just don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just do you. Yeah. He could not do that ever. And, and that's going back to the artistic side. It's like, you know, I, I put so much work into, into like, what I do, you know. And... Um, it's that's uh, Duke over there just slamming Duke. doors. Jeez, bro, <laughs> <A> little monster. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's shaper. I mean, it's a hard. Yeah. You know, it, it's a hard. It's a hard. I totally understand career. I, I do like, too. Yeah. Sure. Oh. I mean, I got it, but I I was the guy. I, back then, I didn't I didn't understand it as much because I was the guy trying. I was the middleman. You yeah. Know, like and. You're helping again, him grow. Like, Xanadu was not the easiest human being to talk to and communicate with back then. So yeah. everyone would come to me, and I was the kind of voice of reason and the buffer, yeah. and and helped him through all of that kind of stuff. And and kept. I mean, there was guys like, oh, I'm going to go ride for somebody else. Like, no, 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 come stay, stay. You know, yeah. I would talk them off the ledge and and be that guy. Um, and then they would get a magic board and like, yeah, no, I can't leave. You know, because he. I mean, he was making magic. Yeah, but and that and that's the hardest thing is that you know you got this really good shaper, you get amazing boards that you know that people obviously you know yeah. when you got a magic board. Yeah. yeah, but you know 
you know, it's a business and you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta extend it. Like it's marketing and you gotta get, you gotta, op- you totally. gotta open the umbrella. Yeah. Like, you know, you gotta cover. But surfboards at that time were a different thing. It was so yeah. And I mean, back then it was a grind. If you were in the surfboard business, it everybody was in the surfboard business trying to figure out a way to get out of the surfboard business. It was, they were Make making clothing and yeah. 10 bucks a board, maybe, yeah. you know, grinding, grinding. And, and you got surfing sport and every other shop ordering like, you know, 20, yeah. 30 at a time. And yeah. It, took, it's, it was a lot of work back plus, then. Plus, I mean, first, like, you, you're the face and and you're the liaison to everyone yeah. for Xanadu. Yeah. So, like you were saying, you, you had to convince people to stay or try to help them understand the way Xanadu thinks. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're there trying to help them grow and maintain, you know, for Absolutely. your benefit, too. Yeah. But you have a guy like Xanadu who, you know, it's funny because, you know, he's he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to shape. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't have to work. Absolutely. At yeah. all. But he's, that was one thing that was like, I don't think most people realized. Right. You know, he, he didn't put any of that, what he had from his family life, yeah. into his business. Right. It yeah. was, I'm, I'm going to do this right. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is cool. That's really what's, cool. That's yeah. what's really like commendable and mind blowing, because like you know, you you knew that that shit. Like you 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 stepped on that side of the yeah like, of his. You could blow all these other brands out if you were to yeah, like I, double down. I, I had that in the back of my head the whole time. I mean, it's funny because I didn't know completely until I actually went to Brazil. I went yeah. I went to Brazil, not with him, I went on my own, but I went and stayed at his house and got picked <laughs> up by one of his best friends, went to his mom's house, and I was like, are you freaking, dude, you pay me five bucks an hour pretty much, and like, what? <laughs> I got home and was like, Pit. we gotta talk, dude. Zanadu, you got some splendid dude. I mean, it was, it was pretty funny, and like, yeah. Whoa. I mean, I remember we pulled up at out of the airport into Sao Paulo, into this building in like a just a giant, you know, sky rise in downtown Sao Paulo. And the guy that dropped me off, uh, pulling up, and he's like, his mom lives here? He's like, yeah, his mom owns the building. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, no. And now I know. And yeah. that's when I was just like, whoa, dude, you got it. Like, help yeah. me out a little bit, buddy. That's so crazy how somebody like that or so, anybody can can separate the two yeah. no i mean and he did a really good job of it which yeah. i mean he, he pulled it he's off still and, it. Yeah. he's still doing it and he's still doing it you know he still doesn't put any of that towards his business here and he still struggles to make his business here work and yeah. he's over the last 10 or so years i've talked to him a dozen times and like i'm throwing in the towel i'm over it i'm done <laughs> okay. and then he'd get a like get on a good one and get somebody would come back with some amazing feedback and like you know no i'm, I'm gonna try one more you know yeah, i'm gonna give yeah. it a go i'm gonna you know but he you know even from the earlier days and i, I recommend everybody going back and listening to xanadu's part one because we got to go back and, oh yeah and, and yeah, do we, some we more but finish his story yet. he was i mean you know he heard about hawaii and the north shore and he didn't speak any english and he just charges it and they told yeah. him like hey just you get off the airport and you get on this bus number and then they, and yeah. you go to this beach and you'll run into some yeah some Brazilians and they'll yeah. like you know try to make friends. I think and, there's some Brazilians there. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> and, and and you know, I mean that's how it was back there. You, yeah. you know, back in the day. And you know, I, exactly. I experienced that. Now it's like, you know, again we're in different times, but 
you know, for the fact that he went and just went for it, had those resources, and that's what he did, and yeah. traveled the world, yeah. and just did started shaping yeah. boards and created a whole little thing, which yeah. was, you know, it, you gotta you gotta hand it to someone. I mean, think about that traveling like that back then. You have cell phones and computers and things like that. Like, yeah. you just went, you know. So going back to you living with Andy Davis, and did he start free or uh, like yeah. a other group no that was Andy 100% so I mean this was he was doing free clothing out of his garage um, with another couple friends just literally just doodles on t-shirts you know little who did he logos for before that him yeah no one he was just an artist going to kind of going to art school kind of not just kind of just doing his thing trying I mean it was it was I so I moved to San Diego in 90 out of El Toro and I, I honestly have not been back since and, and I haven't surfed Salt Creek since the day I moved in 1990 <laughs> I literally have not really? surfed there almost every day of my life and I have not been down the hill but then so I moved in with those guys and just found this amazing group of friends Andy uh, Coleman was down there already he already moved from Salt Creek and lived down there so he kind of introduced me to a lot of those guys but it was like Andy Sibarel um, some of them, but then there was just this whole, Andy had this group of, of friends that they all went to high school with and they all grew up with that were amazing. And we just hit it off and became friends. And then for years all just lived together and did our thing. But Andy was doing free clothes and it was nothing. It was literally some t-shirts and a couple little things like, um, but then there was a time his, I think it was his grandpa wanted to invest some money into the and it's like my grandpa's going to invest and we're going to actually try to make free clothes a thing and around that time Gerlach was not writing for anybody I don't think and probably right after Life's a Beach or something it was right after Life's a Beach and I, I remember we all went out and we all kind of partied and I introduced Brad to Andy and again Andy's an amazing dude so they hit it off I'm like and it was we totally joking hypothetical like dude what if Brad actually would ride for free you know totally joking like not yeah. dude he's one of the best surfers in the world no yeah. not gonna happen and, and it actually got proposed to him and he was kind of like yeah dude I, I'm oh my gosh like, and it, he had to give up some of the company to him and then then came Donovan again I introduced I remember Donovan coming down with one of my best friends Mike who lived with Donovan at the time they came to San Diego to come hang with me and they were like they met that whole group of friends too and it was like whoa these guys are amazing. Yeah. It's fun. But what a what a great timing for all of that. To, yeah. yeah. You know, that, you know, Andy that, coming with the brand, Brad yeah. getting second in the world, dropping off, just yeah. kind of going, I'm going to free surfer. Donovan was already that kind of face, but it, yeah. you know, it was just the melting pot. And yeah. logo was cool. I was excited, you know, just Dude. being a, a spectator and a, a sponsored surfer in the, in the, um, you know, in the industry, yeah. I was like, that is cool. I was, yeah. you know, the, the, for him. the I, name, I mean, the font, all of the it. Art all of it was, yeah, all of it. He, he was. Dope. I mean, he's still such a talented dude. Yeah, but it was. It was actually pretty funny though. So they they kind of got this whole little investment. And they started this thing, and and it was, you know, we've got Brad on the program. We're doing this. We've got Donovan on the program, and and myself, oh and my then. Gosh. Um, it, it, I mean, it was like, we're, we're going to really try to do this as a company, but nobody in the mix of any of this group 
knew how to run a company. None of them. You know, it was like, all right, uh, my friend Hago, who is one of Andy's best friends still to this day, but you know, he was a teller at the local bank. So Hago is going to be our finance guy. <laughs> you know, um, our friend Chris, who worked behind the counter at Rusty Del Mar, he knows how to sell stuff. And like, okay, so Blum's going to be our uh, sales manager. <laughs> you know, and it was like we just gave all of our friends jobs, yeah. basically. But which friends do? Which friends yeah. do? And but it, not good business people. The, the program was funny. Like we would literally wake up. Go surf. We surfed this little spot called Out Fronts because it was out in front of Andy's house back then. And um, we would surf till 10, 11, go have breakfast, go. I would go to Xanadu's and go work. They would go into free office, draw some pictures, talk shop. All right, let's go to lunch. Let's go surf again. And then they would never come back. And that was like, that was their daily business. Yeah. And then it was like, they, I remember they did a trade show. They did like Surf Expo, got all this hype and all these orders. And then it was like, oh, how, shit. what do we do? How yeah. do we do this? How do we fulfill these? Because that wasn't Gosh. the problem. Like the, 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 oh, the was, demand was the there. The demand was there. We just yeah. didn't know how to do any of the other stuff. Yeah. And nobody, you know, Brad hired his roommate, which this guy, Jimmy Bubba, amazing dude. But again, didn't know didn't know what we were doing at the time, but he was kind of like the GM that kind of ran because Bubba owned a yogurt store, so he could be a GM. He owns a business. <laughs> you know, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense, right? <laughs> so, I mean, needless to say, it didn't work out. You know, the, yeah, the brand so didn't sad. Last very long. Yeah, but, but now and, hearing the story, and there were some trademark issues with the name. I know that. That's why. Then Andy just, and I know Andy himself just didn't have the energy to do it. He just was like that. Yeah. I just want to do my art and do cool stuff. And if it's going to make it hard, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Which is cool. It seems like they they had such a great thing. And, you know, they were so close to making something happen. But right. they weren't totally serious about it. Right. Like, that, no one was yeah. really... Well, that's exactly... We, it was fun. We were just having fun. We were partying and just having fun. Like, that was right when... It doesn't Brad. look so hard. ASR, yeah, you put a booth, yeah. we just throw some stuff. And Look, we got orders. Yeah. And hey, we got orders. orders. And what do we do now? That <laughs> well, we got orders. Part, like, then fulfill those. How do we How do we make clothes? Yeah. Yeah. How do we make more than like t-shirts at the local screen printer guy down the street? Like, yeah. we didn't know how to do any of that. And, and nobody, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was the, you know, the copyright and, you know, getting the name. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, that was an issue. I think there was a, there was somebody else that had free clothing i think that free people brand had mm. the rights to the name so that that turned into a thing but yeah i mean we were all just we didn't care we were all just partying and having fun and i, I know like brad had just stopped surfing the tour so he was totally full-blown free surfer so it just fit don oh my gosh at that point was full-blown free surfer and we yeah. were we did a couple trips together brad invited me to go to ireland with him on a trip and it was like that was kind of like his transition from um, from the tour to I'm a traveling free surfer. Yeah. And that was the first kind of bit. I, I remember we were actually in Ireland and I fell asleep, woke up the next morning and Brad cut all his hair off and had short hair. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> and it was like that. It was like this full transition, right? This just happened in this whole world. It was actually pretty rad. But we got home. 
the free thing wasn't working out and he went off and I still was working for Xanadu and at around then is when a friend of mine called from planet earth and audio footwear they needed somebody to do sales and and I accepted a job to go work for them and it was it was weird like hey Xanadu I'm, I'm quitting and he was just like what what do you mean you're quitting like I'm, I found a job that's actually going to pay me money yeah you know benefits and like, like, like I'm, I'm growing up yeah you know I can't yeah. do this my whole life you know but um so I went and worked there for again for, I think I worked there for probably eight years yeah doing I, I just, Audio and Planet Earth. Audio and Planet Earth. As, as sales manager or sales? No, no, no. I, I started marketing? just in-house sales. Okay. In-house sales. I, I, the, it was funny. When they when I started, they had Audio Planet Earth, Mercury Trucks, Rhythm Skateboards. They also had the license for Caton, of all things. Oh, shit. Super random. Super random. For Caton? For Caton. Because it was owned by K2. K2 oh, Sports. Oh, well, you guys were. K2 Sports owned the license for Caton, so we oh. had Caton. And I, I was given the choice: Do you want to be Caton or do you want Audio Planet Earth and all that? And like and back then, Caton was so far yeah. removed from the surf world, and I, I just didn't think it was a great brand at the time. To so I'm like, oh, Planet Earth Audio for sure, and that's when the skate world was just. Oh my gosh! Know, we had we had six or seven years where we could just do no wrong. Yeah, yeah. you were there in it, but. I mean, that we were making the worst skate shoes on the planet and I mean, we couldn't stop selling them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and in-house that. sales, you're, yeah. you're like busy, busy. It was for uh, those I, brands. I you were... did that for like the first, maybe six or eight, not maybe a year. It was funny. Like a sales manager basically hired me. I, I literally have never turned a computer on in my life. I yeah. didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just, I knew all the shops up and down the coast cause I used to go to them for Xanadu. And he was like, here's your list of accounts. Here's, um, you know, I expect you to be at $100,000 in sales by the end of the week. <laughs> See you later. Good luck. <laughs> like, oh, okay. No zero. Nothing. No, tra- no training? Nothing. No. <laughs> none whatsoever. And and it was like, so I started calling and like looking at the account list. I'm like, oh, Rad, honey, service board. I know those dudes. <laughs> Call up, honey, service board. It's probably you or somebody else that I talked to. I'm like... I'm like, hey, it's Desi. Hey, I'm I'm working for Audio and Planet Earth now. And the first couple phone calls were like, oh, rad. Well, can you take back all these shoes? You just opened up Jacks across the street. F you. <laughs> like, oh. And I didn't even know how to deal with that. Yeah, you know, that was like my intro into that. That was Marty Kish. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, what do I? What am That's I? That's Marty Kish's fault. Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, and then we had. Marty as a rep who was amazing, but yeah, it, it was pretty funny. So I, I learned quick, but um, and I, I remember it was funny. Like Chris Miller owned, or he was the founder of the brands and no longer owned it at then. He was just kind of the leader, the president. And I knew Chris from just surfing around Del Mar and stuff. And um, I don't even think he knew that I actually started working there. He came walking in. I saw him in the water in Del Mar one day, and we were just casual like guys that I would see and. And he came walking into the sales office one day, and he's like, "Whoa, Desi, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "Hey, I work here now." But he came like maybe six, eight months later, and he's like, "Hey, dude, move your stuff, pack your bags, move your stuff down the hall. We're in marketing now. We need somebody to. We want to start a surf team. We want to start a surf program for both Planet Earth and Audio. Come down the hall, 
come join the marketing team. Nice. So that's yeah. in your wheelhouse. I yeah. know how to do that. I what, knew that. what a blessing in disguise oh, that is. It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it, it was cool because it was like, I mean, you you probably know because you were in this with podium and that stuff, but being the surf turkey at a skate really, shop, really or core skate, skate brand, brand yeah. was not easy. Oh, bro. You know, you get heckled. All, the surfers were kooks. Oh, yeah. The whole deal. But but it was also, it taught, it taught me, like, a way to, how to, like, build a proper team and build a proper program and, like, treat people the right way. Yeah. Where surfers were just like, oh, I'll take... 500 bucks a month from these guys. I'll take this from these guys, whatever, where the skate guys were like, I'm going to put this person on the team and build around him. Yeah. And only if, if they don't vote him in, yeah. they're, they're not in. Yeah. You know, it's got to be symbiotic. Yeah. yeah. yeah very, and, and very clicky, but, but, but it's it worked. But it worked. Yeah. yeah. It's, you want it. Which but, was uh, bad. It, yeah. it, it created just a cool atmosphere. And, a team. And a team. Yeah. The team know, like, and I, I remember my boss at the time was Jeff Taylor. Jeff was the marketing director back then. And and there was like a couple guys that always like, I would always get phone calls like, oh, so-and-so wants to ride for us. He's amazing. You know, or... I got to run this by the whatever. team. Got to run it by the team kind of thing. But I remember like, oh, I, were, I really want to get this person on the program. And I brought it to Jeff. And Jeff was like, well, is that somebody that you're going to go want to get on a plane with? go here with and hang with and do this with and is anybody else on the team going to want to do the same like ooh maybe not yeah you know and I mean anyone from like uh, Andy Irons to uh, whoever it was just like yeah I mean probably not If and if they didn't fit that mold I mean there was uh, guys like that that were the exception obviously but that's who you build around yeah. that was the pillar but but it was like if, if you came into the program you needed to be a part of the program. Yeah. And that was it. I'm so glad that I finally get to talk to somebody about that struggle of being a surfer working for a skate company. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I was... <laughs> you know? I mean, I was the redheaded stepchild there for years. Yeah. And, and it took forever to get a little bit of respect out of those guys. Skaters and, are gnarly. But right. then they all were... They Once we all kind of... we I remember we had did a couple trips together. Um, more like... We, we all took the skate team and like... A couple surfers to a trade show to the European trade show, European ASR, and we all just bonded and hung. And like from there, I was like, "These guys are rad." Yeah. And they thought the same of all of us. And it's like, cool, we all get along. Yeah, you broke the this barrier. Is, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was really, really. Cool. But they, but they're super respectful of other athletes as well, mm-hmm. and other, you mm-hmm. know. So if you and they all love, like they're mesmerized with surfing, and they think it's like, wow, you guys are nuts. Like yeah, surfing yeah, yeah. waves like that. I'm but like, you're nuts playing downstairs like that exactly. and dropping into that half pipe, but. The that era, like late nineties, yep. two thousand, early two thousands, there's a definite like divide between surfers and skaters. Oh, hundred percent. It was it was 100%. weird. It was yeah. like, but I I, was, I felt like I kind of, I mean, I wasn't a skateboarder by any means. I mean, I, I skated and stuff, but I I got along with all those guys just mm-hmm. as well. I, I mean, even when, like I said, when I was living with Andy. And or I, this was before I actually moved in with Andy. Andy was living with Chris Markovich, who at the time was one of the best skaters in the world. Yeah. So we already had that connection of of mixing the two. We would take Chris surfing with us here and there. And yeah. He tried, and 
had fun with it. And I mean, there was already a little bit of that crossover mix. Yeah. And the guys that got it, got it. And the guys that didn't, oh well. Yeah. yeah, now you see it even more and more. Now you see it way more. Friggin' Ardo Sari moved to Hawaii, yeah, moved Ar- to North Shore. Ar- and a full-on... Yeah, full-on surfer now. Yeah. And ha- Harmony, Costin. Like, yeah, cost, like, yeah, yeah he's been going to Tabarua like every year yeah. for the last 30, 25 Costin's years. Costin's a full You're not going to hop yourself downstairs till you're 60. Yeah. You're going to ride... you soft top it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Why not, you know? I, uh, <laughs> I remember when I was... Ruka was really young and, you know, I'm selling mostly, you know, surf and skate and lifestyle stores and I go out to Arizona Cowtown and they're yeah, like yeah. hardcore yep. skaters and I come in trying to push this like Ruka brand like, what is this brand? They knew it, you know, yeah, Ed yeah. Templeton is like part of you know, they knew and they're like, so do you skate? And I'm like, oh, I surf, you know, but I kind of skate or whatever. And they're like, we won't buy anything unless you could like yeah. skate. Send, Why do you make some stories? Templeton in here, <laughs> and they had a like a their back of their office was like a half pipe. Is this pipe. a true story? Yeah, you get it. You call up Ed and, okay. and, and uh, Shane or Shane, Shane, and Trent, Trent. Sorry, yeah, they'll, they'll validate it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I had they had like a six yeah, foot the half pipe. Yeah, and it wasn't like a small. It was like pretty decent. I was like, oh man, fudge. And I got out of the hospital the next day. I, I, I dropped it, anyways. But just going back on how hardcore, like they yeah, are, they want no, you. Was, you want was real. respect, and they want For to sure. see if you could drop in. I'm For like, sure, I got this. That's pretty funny. I remember we built like we had a little skate park in the in the warehouse, but uh, and again, I couldn't skate other than I could pump around a bowl. I could you yeah know, drop in and and just get speed and pump oh. around a bowl all day long because I had that surf style. Yeah, and there was street skaters that were like pro street skaters that could barely drop in and maintain speed in a transition and yeah. skate transition. They could kick flip down 20 stairs, but they couldn't do in. So I would skate the bowl every now and then. And it's like, okay, I can, I can hang with these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, long, audio long. was like, had its hate the oh, day in the sun. It absolutely. was, I mean, that, there was, we had Tony Hawk, Bam Margera. How and, many fucking Bam Margera you know, Shoes, like you those, the the two that really really put audio on the map. I mean, Bam did kind of from, later. He got bigger, bait. Yeah, I mean, his shoe was selling for sure, and he and he brought us a lot of that like international notoriety and just like got us notoriety outside the skate world. But it was Kenny Anderson mm. and Jeremy Ray. Those Jeremy two Ray. shoes. Yeah, his, both of their shoes, both their pro models went bananas, and it was just that like luck of like this was the right style the right shoe Mm -hmm. the right everything and you know i don't think anybody at the time were buying it because it was kenny's shoe or jeremy's maybe a little bit there's there's definitely some yeah but you know and they're hands-on like with design and and color as we're in the office daily designing shoes they weren't just like make me whatever and they were really into it. And how crazy is it when like a skater's like, I want this, and you got sales, and people are like, dude, that's not going to sell. Oh, you know, like to have really? that that conversation. Like, you want to yeah, make yeah. a lot of money? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. be kind of no, what's was, on trend, or you just want to be kind of that was cool. That, I remember that that whole thing, you know, because again, it was marketing versus sales always. Yeah. You know, and I was on the marketing side, and it's like the sales guys would, I can't sell that. I can do whatever, and but this athlete wants that. You know, we're going to make him what he wants. Yeah. And I, it was trying to. It's, kind of, you know. So who'd you put on the surf team, bro? 
Gosh, the team. So I kind of got inherited. It's funny. I, I got inherited an amazing couple dudes, but I, I first Taylor put, wrote for him, right? Yeah, I Taylor first Knox. put Pete Labrador on the team. He was the Peter first guy Labrador. That I put, yeah, I put him on the team first. He was like just got the cover of Transworld Surf. Was ripping little Hawaiian kid, super rad kid. So I lived in Huntington. On, lived in Huntington. Um, but then. Yeah, I, I already because, and it was a K2 contract thing. K2 had something with Taylor Knox because he won the K2 Timmy. Big Wave Challenge. And K2 sponsored Timmy Curran. Yeah. K2 went away and we had like, well, we've still got contracts with these guys that we got to fulfill. Let's just move them over to this brand. And okay. And so I kind of got inherited Timmy and Taylor, which was amazing. Like two who could ask for a couple better dudes. Yeah. Um, and it kind of when Taylor's, it was weird because it was like I'm trying to build this thing. I remember kind of arguing with Chris Miller about this, but I was I'm like I'm trying to build this program around some guys, and I want to start with these like really good young. Taylor's not that guy. Um, but. And he writes for No Fear. I'm like that. I'm not putting an audio sticker next to the No Fear sticker. No, that's yeah. no. And he, that was a weird one. It was a weird one for yeah. sure. And 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 then uh, that you know because it was all about style and aesthetic and and you know who you're associated with, yeah. and brands you're associated with, and things like that. And and it's like, well, we got no choice. We're putting Taylor on the team. Like, okay, cool. And fortunately, right around then is clothing thing stopped so we got to put him on planet earth and that's when we could we we actually had him for both thank planet god earth huh and audio <laughs> yeah and we're trying to like trying to like kind of create a little thing but we had him timmy then i mean gosh lostness was was one of the guys back then who i loved and just he was like my little travel partner he was my first phone call always like hey i've got a trip going here you want to go let's go and he because he was like yeah he was that kid that would just drop anything and go. He knew exactly what he had. He knew exactly like the opportunity in front of him. You know, super smart on just how to how to like play the game yeah. and, and be a sponsored surfer. For sure. And also he was learning a little bit from the skate crew where the skate guys back then would you know, if you were a professional skateboarder, you would you didn't just go skate every day and just shoot a bin, go like us, we would go paddle out, photographer on the beach, go surf, do your thing, and we might get a shot. Yeah. Where the skate guys were like, okay, I'm going to go sh or skate this 10 stair, or I'm going to go skate El Toro, and I want to do this trick down this staircase with the sun setting here. And like they would fully line it all up, and it would take them weeks to get the shot. Yeah. Where and Mike took a lot of that. Lostness took a lot of that from those guys. Where it's like, I want to do, I want to do an air. I want this in the background. I want this angle, and would like work with photographers to shoot that specific shot. And it worked. He was getting covers and getting. Yeah, know, he's getting and, a lot of media. Yeah, and it, it seemed like too. He was, he, was really he cool. didn't overwhelm his schedule with like nope. contests or whatever. He kind of hung out, had good relationships with the magazines, and be yeah. like, I'm available going that next whenever. So. Yeah. He he went on a lot of good trips because that's he, exactly what he was doing. He left his uh, his plate open and he hustled. You know? yeah. Exactly, and he was he was just smart about it. There was a few guys back then. That's when 
that's kind of right when people started to really figure out like it's not just go surf and you rip your sponsor no you know, there's there's a little bit more to it obviously yeah. um so you know and, and, and he did good with it he did really good yeah so it was cool we had fun yeah. so how long were you there for eight years you said yeah, right? about eight years i want to say um and then I started, and again, it was kind of that, you know, we we had some amazing times. We, again, we couldn't do any wrong. We were selling shoes like mad, and it went from, like, a full roller coaster ride. I remember Jeff Taylor coming to me one, one year saying, hey, we've got $100,000 in the budget left to spend at the end of the year. If we don't spend it, we lose it. What do you want? And Jeff just wrapped the audio skate video one step beyond. Took the entire skate team to Hawaii on vacation. No skateboarding, no nothing. Just, just party. the entire skate team to Hawaii, partied for a week. Cool. What do you want to do? Let's buy an RV. We bought the company an RV. We bought a van. I took um, I took Lostness to Hawaii on a little trip. I took a couple other guys to Fiji or to Tahiti. Um, we went and stayed with Rimana and, and surfed. Tahiti for a few weeks, whatever, and it was just like we were spending like nobody. It didn't matter, yeah. you know. But Budgets it, were crazy, yeah. Then. And then it was like we we got to that point, and then all of a sudden the market flipped. Everybody was trying to, you know, Vans. All of a sudden was like everybody wanted to be Vans. Like you need a vulcanized slip on or yeah something like that. And and the trend shifted from bulky skate shoes. It was like the kind of perfect storm of like the trend shifting. The market collapsed. And skateboarding brands like that went from like sixty million dollars to twenty million dollars in a year. Yeah, it was like, whoa, what do we do? What the heck? And I, I remember Miller, Miller and Jeff actually took me to lunch one day. I was like, so good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is you're the marketing director today. Bad news is we're both leaving. This is our last week. <laughs> it was like, oh shit, <laughs> how do I do this? So and so I, they they promoted you. Yeah, but they, they, they promoted me to nothing. I, I was literally my next couple weeks. I was already talking to Transworld about going to work for Transworld because they needed a marketing director. And you saw I, the writing on the wall. I saw the writing on the wall, and 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 uh, my next before I actually left, I was there for maybe before the Transworld thing actually happened. I think I was couple months and literally my job for a couple months was just firing the entire team that's all I did was make phone calls to fire the entire team ah. it was like this is I'm not gonna do and they they the parent company owner was like hey we want to keep you on board you know I'm like no I'm leaving no but we'll pay you this and no this is not fun anymore no and my wife worked there actually so like seeing the writing on the wall Two incomes from the same place that's not gonna get any better anytime yeah. soon. Let's let's get out of here. So then I started working for Transworld right then. And that was oh gosh, two thousand ten ish, I wanna say. Two thousand ten. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Ten, twelve, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and Transworld was kind of the mag. Yeah, I mean it, it was kind of took over. I came in at a at a weird time. It was right like just the whole media shift was yeah. happening. It was like people. I mean, prior to that, it was like selling ads was easy, no big deal. You know, people were calling them. But then it was like, you know, the the digital age was just kind of starting, and they mm -hmm. were trying to figure out how to go from 
12 times a month print media only to digital, you know, how do we sell that kind of stuff? And brands were already getting savvy to like, hey, I can, I'm still going to spend, you know, if I'm whatever, Ruka, I'm still going to spend $100,000 with you guys in advertising, but it's not going to go to print advertising any longer. It's going to go, let's put some here, let's put some here. So that's kind of where my role was, you're the marketing director, so let's figure out how to spend their money. You know, put it towards an event, put it towards whatever, any kind of like an editorial franchise type of a thing, and that's when things just got weird at the magazines. It was... Couldn't really weird. tell what return on investment was, like how was yeah. being, you know, you know, like it what was, was coming tough. back, is that... It was tough, you know, and, and, and my role as a marketing director became events director because that was, to the magazines, that was marketing. Yeah. Basically, it was doing events, you know, and then... And, and I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. It was it was super fun. We and at the time with the magazine, we were going to Hawaii every year. We were still going to Australia because we partnered with Quicksilver on the Quick Pro. We were having fun doing rad stuff. Getting yeah. in. I mean, I, I it was fun because all those times while I was working, even audio audio planner to the magazines, I was traveling as much as a lot of the surfers were. Yeah. And, going to a lot of the same places and doing a lot of the same trips as whether it was a team manager role or a marketing role or whatever. So I, I got to kind of like still live that professional life, life, but not have to do the. It's good advice for, yeah. for, for those young customers, you know, or young, young guy, yeah, uh, guys I mean, that are looking to right, figure out. I honestly avenues. didn't realize how to do that until later on. And I, you know, if I, if I knew that back when I was trying to be a, surfer I mean it probably things would have been a lot easier for me yeah but um but yeah I mean we had we had fun it was great we had an amazing crew with Cote and and Charlie and Jamie and just our we had such a yeah. bad little like Checkwood and all the boys it was fun it was so cool fun. yeah um but yeah then it I mean it, when it changed it it was it was weird for sure we we got so we we were all this is actually pretty funny we were all in Cabo for SEMA Surf Summit and you know the entire industry was there pretty much and um, we were Charlie, myself a couple others were maybe going to stay a couple extra days because there was waves and Great riot. And, push, know, that, push that flight out yeah, right. mixed, mixed you know, business we, with pleasure we did that a lot <laughs> and, um, and Liam who was our boss at the time was like, hey, I just got a call from his boss. It's like, we got to be there Monday morning, 8 a.m. No excuses, got to be there. And we never showed up at 8 a.m., ever. You know, it's like, I need you in the office Monday morning, 8 a.m. Like, why? I don't know. I just got a phone call Monday morning, 8 a.m., be there. Like, okay, I guess we're not going to stay. Cool. So I walk into the office Monday morning, 8 a.m. Liam's not there. Charlie's not there. Looking in the room is Norb Garrett, who ran the Surfer Magazine group, and their whole, which is at the time our biggest competitor, and, and we were all friends. I knew Norb; he was great, you know. But as a competitor, I'm like, "What the hell are you doing here? And where's yeah. my boss? What the whoa?" And it's like, so today, as of today, our company bought your company. We're going to merge together, and we're all going to be one big happy family. And it was just like, "Whoa." This is weird. How you know we had Transworld Surf Skate, Snow Moto, BMX, everything, 
they had surfer surfing, skateboarder, um, snowboarder, bike, a couple other things, you know, whatever. And it was like, I mean, two complete, it was like, I mean, probably no different than the, the quick billabong merger that happened in, yeah, the, in the more similar. recent years. But it was like, all of a sudden, here we are in the same room with our, again, we're all friends. We all knew each other. Yeah. But you're competitors. But we're pretty bitter rivals, too. Yeah. It was like, whoa. In, in a fun, but like, yeah, totally. in a fun and business-like manner, though. But then, I mean, what what put in, I mean, what really started right away was like, oh, they've got a marketing director on their side. Yeah, consolidation. What, what's going to happen here? Who? It's going to be me or him. And he was a friend of mine, you know? He was awesome. And it's like, okay, this is weird. What's going to happen here? And yeah. and it, it went for a while. We coexisted for a while, but it just got ugly and bad. And it was just, just didn't work, you know? They, they Once they started killing titles, you know, first it was Trans World Surf, which, again, sucked. But we, we I get it. Get that's going that's going to happen um then so how long did the magazines last when they merged Transworld was only a few months i want to say um wow that wasn't i mean which we knew that was going to happen Transworld yeah. was maybe six or so months um i can't remember what was next they probably killed surfing Surfing was the next surf one. I, there might have been something on the otherwise, some, you know, one of the other titles that wasn't really snooks. Because there was snowboarder. Yeah, it was surfing. Was yeah, actually yeah, surfing might have been next, and then was Transworld snowboarding, and then they, I mean, it was just one every couple other. months. You know, then BMX went, then motocross was gonna go, and then you know, then skateboarder went, and they kept Transworld skateboarding. It was just. You know, it was, and nobody could figure out why the, the rhyme reason why why this one and not this one, and yeah. you know, and it was like, well, they're loyal to their staff, and you know, it was just a lot of just bad. You know, I feel like it's funny. One of one of the skate editors came to me at that time, working for Transworld Skateboarding, and he left to go work for the Barracks, and he was like, you know what, I feel like this place is. I feel like I'm working in a live enactment of the Game of Thrones. <sighs> That was our work environment. Wow. Yeah. That yeah was who's going to make a move? Who's going to... And I was like... I was camp counselor at the time. I, and literally, the motocross magazine listed my name in the masthead as camp counselor. Because <laughs> I was... People would always come to me. Come yeah. to my office like, I'm over this place. And I, I was the one that talked him off the ledge. Or I was like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. I would go out to lunch with... I, I was the one dude that could go get along with... The guys in the BMX mag, the guys in the moto mag, the guys at the skate mag, the guys at surf, didn't matter, stand up paddle, whatever. I was friends with all of them, and I could get along with all of them and talk rationally with all of them. So, so yeah, so crazy. That was, that, that, was tough. that was a tough time. Yeah, it was uh, tough. I learned a lot. I mean, it, can we talk about how the death of print magazines? Oh my gosh, yeah, it was. I I'm still a fan. I wish there was some around. Yeah, we all do that. I, I mean, I think everybody does. But it's funny. Like we heard it so much because we went from twelve issues a year to six issues a year to this. I think we're only doing four now. And it was like everybody complained, but freaking buy an ad, keep us in business, damn yeah. it. You know, like you, you, the all the brands complained to us, and all the brands. Can so what know, are people? 
putting their money in for advertising. They just started putting their money into whether it was digital, like it, it was kind of the like wild Facebook west of the digital age. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Like just social media was There's just starting thing, to come on. Stupid, Events, uh, you know, I'm sure experiential, got, yeah, you know, activations, which was largely my world at the magazine, is creating those experiences. And whether it was Surfer Pole or even before that with Transworld, some like the Cali Rally was like, hey, we've got these people that want to spend some money, come up with an idea. Chris came up with the Cali Rally, and yeah, Desi, you take Chris's hairball idea and freaking make it work. Oh, those gosh. were killer. It was fun as crap, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think I aged about 10 years on that week of driving up. Duma got an HB tattoo on, yes. on his yeah. lip. That was, that was fun. I mean, was, that was loose. I mean, the world was moving fast. Internet yeah. was exploding. I mean, there was... Way faster than any of us were smart enough to know. That was the thing. We yeah. had a bunch of people, and, and no offense to anybody there, but we just... We, it was the Wild West. We didn't know, and it, we were... We were kind of learning on the job how this digital thing was working. Yeah. And, you know, again, all these brands that wanted to spend money on certain things but then wanted to figure out what the ROI was on it in, in the digital world, we were just like, we were making up numbers left and right, yeah. you know, and it, I mean, nobody was truthful on what the real numbers really were. It just got, it, it was tough. So... Um, and, and nobody was equipped. We started hiring people that knew that world that didn't come from our world. Yeah, so your, your cost of business, doing business went up because you had to hire all these other outsourced you know, people. Well, and, and yeah, Who don't exact, get it. You yeah. know, well, I'm Oakley who used to spend you know, X amount of dollars on this advertising that really didn't cost that much to put in a, mag a print ad. Now I'm going to spend... X amount of dollars, but we want to do the Oakley Lowers Pro, hmm. and we'll hire you guys to produce it. But it also we'll we'll spend you know a million dollars, but it also costs a million dollars to make that event happen. Yeah. So at the end of the day, our net return was a few bucks and barely paid our salaries. You know, and that's when we started seeing, like I don't think this is going to last very long. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel so. like though there's there's still enough fans of print that somebody new can start a well I, I just saw something the other day that surfing life is it, they hired Cote and he, they're going to do I heard him talking about it on they're gonna that, yeah yeah they're going to do that here in the states which is rad and I'm stoked yeah and he's freaking brilliant so that's good yeah hopefully you know with the silver lining in the pandemic creating all these new new fans of the new sport. fans of the sport right and culture, maybe it's time to come up with another, you know, on hand. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, maybe there's not room in the marketplace for, you know, what we had three yeah. surfer surfing, trans world, all that. But I do feel like there's at least room in the marketplace for for a couple. Like, I mean, Surfer's Journal's still there, which is amazing. Yeah. And they've got a great model, their whole business model. Uh, hopefully they can keep it and sustain it, which I, I think they can. Um, they, it's premium content. We yeah. pay for that premium content, or the advertisers do. So, yeah, I bet. yeah, I think there's room. It's it's cool to have like Inherent Bummer and Stab yeah. Magazine, right? You know, that They're are fun. digital magazines. I'm a nerd. I'm still a psycho surf nerd. I yeah. look at every one of those all day long. I'm on Surfline 37 times a day, looking at the Oceanside Cam 
just to see if the wind flipped or it, it did the tide change. Is it rideable? Yeah. I, I literally will look at that cam yeah. 50 it's, times. In, I think people are just accustomed now to like, you know, what's going on today. You know, yeah. the go- it's like gossip. It's kind of yeah, like... It's too, it's too hard to... I remember trying to like... I, w- I remember doing a trip and then taking all this stuff, yeah. bringing it to the magazine and then waiting a couple months until you could even talk about it or you know and, or see anything and now everything's so instantaneous it's really hard to do yeah and it and it's mostly daily topics or what's going on or yeah, swell yeah. this or that yeah but you don't get those those articles about the trip you know yeah, like yeah. beautiful you know, long form writing and, and yeah and you know the experience and, in it and just bringing you into that yeah, you which know is what surfers journal does yeah and, and they still have that and it's so. kind of like how you know why our you know, podcast is so successful so we get into that that really <laughs> deep conversation exactly. you guys are stories because you're getting the meat of the bones <laughs> yeah right it's just not your you gossip we, weekly talk exactly there's yeah. substance to our content there's yeah. so much yeah. substance <laughs> look at us go but, but yeah I think like Dwell Magazine right yeah I'm a fan a huge fan yeah like I love subscribing to it I you know yep. that, what is it every two months or three months I now don't it know. is yeah. but it's like I love to have it Same. and we'll keep it until yeah. I used to buy it. I would I you'd laugh. If you go to my house, I have probably every dwell from like two thousand and nine at yeah. our house somewhere around. Yeah. I used to buy it at the newsstand because yeah. I was just into it, you know. Yeah. But so yeah. maybe uh some young entrepreneur surfer is gonna do that right in the future. But okay. awesome. so back to you. Who? Back to you, <laughs> Desi. Yeah, um, trans world, then yeah. surfer kind trans of. But before surfer, before surfing, we all that yeah. before we uh, end with trans world, you 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 said you're doing the special events, and yeah, I was doing I was running special events. It, it, there was myself and Sean Nielsen. Sean was my counterpart at Surfer Surfing. I was I was the marketing director there. He was the marketing director for those guys. When we merged, we worked together for a little while. Um, then they wanted me to. It's, we're gonna let Sean go. You're gonna. I'm like, ooh, that's not gonna work. That's, Oof. that's not. Which I mean, again, I was thankful that I got the opportunity, but Sean was good. He was smart and knew the business much more than I did. But I was just a little bit more diplomatic, I would say. Yeah. And just knew how to how to roll kinda, roll punches yeah, and be a team player. I think so. But um, so whatever. Then uh. So yeah, we did a, I mean, we did some cool events. That was fun. We did surf a pole for a few years in Hawaii. We did the Oakley shop challenges. We did the the cold water classic was ours. We produced that for him. We did I, Sean one of his last few events when he was and it was right when the merge happened was the Oakley Bali event. That was wow. surfer produced that for them. Um, so yeah, we did some really fun cool projects for yeah. sure and, and that's what got me into just event world it's funny like I, I wasn't an event guy I didn't know anything about that but yeah but even from like being at audio we did a couple little like just smaller team events or sales meeting events in the marketing crew I always planned them and and did them so I worked on a lot of that stuff so it kind of just, just bigger scale yeah it just got me into yeah that you know and, and just little things like the the camp shreds and the Cali rallies yeah. and those kind of things and 
Yeah, Josh had told us that you brought the calf shred to them. Yeah, it was. I I had an idea. I don't know. There was somebody at our work at at the magazines that knew somebody from the state parks. They were saying that the state park closes at Cardiff every year during like January, February for maintenance. During that downtime, they lose out on X amount of revenue because they're not selling campsites. They don't have any campers in. What can we do? So I came up, I literally wrote it up on a freaking napkin. Like, here's my idea. But Josh was doing, um, they did their big surf ride demo at Seaside Reef every year. And it was basically a miniature camp shred, but it was just at Seaside Reef in the parking lot. And I, I came up with the idea that the um, state parks were into it. They, they liked it. They let us do it. So I called Josh because I didn't want to step on his toes. I didn't want to like, like I'm about Compete. to. Like, hey, we could do yeah, this together. I mean, you're, you're one of the bigger local retailers and, you know, we'd love your support. And also, I'm like, I'm about to blow your little demo out of the water. So let's join forces and do something cool. So they came on board and we did Camp Tread. We did it for five or six years, I want to say, before I, I was no longer apart. And then... Um, they just had one uh, a couple of weeks ago. So biggest one ever. That's that was mine and Josh's. So now, so I, I got let go from the mags. Whatever they they ended up hiring me back just to run Camp Shred in two thousand in twenty, yeah in two thousand twenty. We did it. The pandemic started literally two weeks later. We ended on March first. So. Whatever. Have to take a high and then during that time, the mags went away. All of that happened. And while the mags went away and that was going on, I was in the background. I went and created, with Josh, created Camp Shred LLC, filed for a trademark so nobody could take it. And so him and I ran Camp Shred this year. Nice. Awesome. Just, just last month or a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah. I mean, and it was great. It yeah. Was Blessed with killer weather. Killer oh, waves. It, it, honestly, perfect. I mean, we get here's your date. It's March or February fifteenth or whatever it is. I'm just like, oh great, yeah. Mid, middle February outdoors. What you never know what's going to happen. And we got so lucky. We got great waves. We got beautiful weather. And just coming out of, you know, one. I think in that time you you mentioned it. We gained a million new surfers. You know, to the sport. People have been itching to get outside and do fun stuff, so we brought it back, and it turned into being one of the biggest weekends we've had and ever for that thing. So, it and it's not just dim. I mean, it's a, an experience, and it's a day yeah. to come like Cote's check, bands. check. Yeah, we, yeah. That's the best day every year to run the to manage the stage and curate the stage. We have Pacifico comes on board, and it's the Pacifico Pier Garden or Beer Garden, and. The guys, Ashland and Villager, Josh and them come on board and they have tents in the beer garden as well. And I mean, it turns into like, it's, it's, it's a little mini surf festival. Yeah. It's rad. I love it. It's super fun. Yeah. It's cool. So, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, you could coin this in, you know, a few, few places, you know, and kind of, I've been looking and honestly, there, there's some opportunities to do it elsewhere. The, the hard part for me is recreating what we get in Cardiff is going to be tough. You know, like yeah. there's not many campgrounds on the beach with that wave, literally steps from your campsite right there yeah. with a fun wave. I mean, it's, if there's, if they have that on the East coast somewhere, tell me and we'll do camp tread there. 
yeah. next week. I'm ready. Like uh, the East Coast community has been, I've been talking to a few over there, and they would love it. But where do we get? Where is there a Cardiff, you know, yeah. campground? There's a Does it have to be a campground? No, but I, I mean, not kind necessarily. Of, but honestly, because I know what, to a keep spot the vibe, right now. to keep that whole vibe of it all and camp and the whole deal, I, I feel like yes, it does. But I, and and again, we've been. I've got a few conversations going on right now where there's some people interested in some spots. So we'll see. Nice. Hopefully, I, hopefully I mean that's exciting because it's yeah. I mean, we talk about how you know events like you know we we don't have just like the mag's gone like a lot of events and even the trade shows you know and the way business has been done and you know you get the 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 group together the boys together and then you bring in customers and you bring in you know spectators and and it's it's, to get the brands there it's like oh i get to go camp for the weekend in cardiff in a beautiful campground yeah surf and hang out see my friends sell some surfboards for sure it's a no-brainer for them. Yeah. And, I mean, there's still a couple. I mean, Bassey does his the, the surfboard show, the boardroom show, yep, which yeah. is amazing. Again, same. Uh, but there's just not enough of those. Not enough. Around. And, and uh, it's like Bassey's, it's in Del Mar. Ours is in Cardiff. They're right down okay. the street. Like, we need, to, we need elsewhere. Not Orlando, Florida. Late Night with Chalky. <laughs> presents. Presents Camp Shred in Huntington Beach. Sold. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm being that, serious. I think after I was gone, they tried Surf and Sport hit up the guys at Surfer Magazine, and they did one, not a camp shred, but it was basically a, a demo giant day demo day. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was exactly like it was in a parking lot. It wasn't camping at the beach, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like, it, which Huntington's amazing because you have this giant couple mile long stretch of beach to go take a peek and do that. But yeah. You're not camping on. It's, it's yeah, not the same it's our RV or, or van or parking. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's no campsites, but definitely. But I like where you're they, going. Yeah. I like where you're going, Chuck. I think I have yeah. an idea. We'll talk <laughs> offline. I like it. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Yeah. Um, and then that was so you got back on after the, the you know, the pandemic. You ran this last event. Yeah, just and, for that one event. They yeah. they just hired me as a freelance little nice producer. In, before that, I was I was already working for a walk on water and and that's been what four then, years or um, three years yeah I think four years now actually it's been a little bit so I, I mean I wasn't working at all once I when I was gone from the mags and and this came along and it, walk on water yeah walk on water came along and how'd that happen um, kind of random it, it was um, I saw a couple th- posts about it and then a friend of mine called and was like, Hey, these guys are super cool. You should check them out. And it, it's right up your alley. And, and I, I didn't even really give it a look cause I thought it was, um, I thought it was Brian Jennings walking on water. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a little, you know, and, and Brian's great, but he's super evangelist, evangelistic and, and it's, it's super faith based, which is not me clearly. And, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, I can't, no, that's not me. And then I realized what it actually was and who it actually was and went and met them and they hired me. They just needed, they, they went through a little transition where their, their, the founder was gone and he was the one that produced all their events for them basically. So they needed an event producer and they wanted to grow. They wanted to do more events. So they brought me on to help them get there and, and we've been doing give or take 10 events a year up and down East and West Coast taking taking kids surfing. So who, who's behind it? 
So it was it was founded by a group of guys from like kind of Malibu Ventura area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys know Stephen Littman. Yep. He's a local Malibu surfer. Yeah, photographer. Um, photographer. Yeah. Um, Stephen's one of the founders. Um, so it's a, it's just kind of like the local group of uh, Malibu surfers and a couple of Ventura guys that founded it and and so there's really there's a board of directors that's a couple of them there's 10 board of directors and then there's myself and one other that basically run the the org so there's myself and this girl Lisa that run the day to day and run really everything so the board of directors is just kind of there making decisions and guiding and directing as, as nice. the board does so we're the ones that are there daily making a making the whole thing run and you, you guys obviously hold them in Malibu and up and down the coast. Yeah, so and the East Coast, you're saying? Yeah, so we do Malibu, Ventura. We'll do Huntington here. I, I have one coming up in May in Balsa Chica. Oh, nice. Um, Courtney then, participates. Yeah, Courtney's that, right? a big part of it. Yeah, she's she's one of the surf instructors and just a, a great you know ambassador for us. Um, but then we'll do two or three. We'll do three on the East Coast. We'll do. Um, with Sam Hammer at Spring Lake, New Jersey. We'll nice. do Rockaway Beach, New York, and then we do one in Montauk, New York. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's fun, though. I mean, just the... It, it's refreshing, like, when I first started, you know, I came from running events for, a you know, a media company that was struggling. So everything was about business, about budget, you know. What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? Are we making money? Nobody gave a shit if the event was fun, safe, cool. Yeah. It was, did we make money? That was it. Towards the end, you know. Um, so now, there's, I mean, of course there's budgets and of course we've got to, you know, we've got to keep things in check. But it's also like, the goal is, let's take these kids surfing. That's it. Yeah. Stoke them out. Yeah. Stoke them out. Stoke their families out. Give them a day. That's Easy. cool. So, just way different vibe. Way, you know, so much fun. Easy, I mean. Seeing the smiles, seeing oh the, the experience, and yeah. a lot of them probably never even oh, surfed. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, most of these kids are wouldn't even touch the ocean. Yeah. You know, some of them get there, and they're terrified of the ocean, and then all of a sudden... You look, and twenty minutes later, they're standing on the nose of their board. And you and you up. and you see yeah. that smile, and that reminds you the, the first Doheny like shred, you know, first wave, exactly. and you're just like, yeah, I that, mean, that's cool. That's the ROI, right there. That's it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it's real when you. So we it, we call it surf therapy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, surf therapy. Yeah, totally real. I mean, we talk about all the time, like you could have so much nonsense going on in your life, whether it's work, personal, family, whatever. The minute you hit that water, and even if it's for a few waves, the waves aren't that great, you, everything just kind of falls to the wayside, you know? And you're just like, you're so hyper-focused, you're in the moment, you just start appreciating like everything, sensitivity overload. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the ocean's therapeutic. For sure. It's... You know, it's super for, at least for these kids and these, these we, we call athletes, um, it's empowering. Yeah. You know, gives them that 
thrill and that well that sense of accomplishment, accomplishment. Like they they you know like i said especially some of the kids that are on the spectrum with you know these autistic kids they're terrified to see the ocean and the waves are coming at them and holy they touch the water it's like you know you'll see kids kicking and screaming and crying and no chance just trying to get them into a wetsuit yeah and again 20 minutes later they're on riding on the nose of a board arms up start yeah 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 huge so about the same time you're you're doing a walk on water you you find out that you're you have cancer like what's the timeline there? yeah i was pretty early in i, I was a few months, so I did, I started Walk on Water, uh, did one event in Ventura, we did the event in Texas at the Wave Pool, not Waco, but um, Inland, Inland Surf Park. Oh yeah, um, Austin. Yeah, Austin. Yeah. We did an event there, that was my second event working for AWOW, and it was there actually that I was starting to feel a little funky. Okay. I just didn't feel great, and I should should have been because I was on like a... I was on a really good diet program. I was just like eating well and getting fit and getting healthy. Yeah. And I just wasn't feeling that good. Um, getting tired at the end of the day, stuff like that. And then came home, did another event here in Malibu, I want to say, and then went to New Jersey. And when I was in Jersey doing that one, I literally could barely get to the end of the event. I was just so tired and just cooked and just, I was just had super low energy. No sharp pains or anything? No, or? no, no pain whatsoever. It was really, it was all in my gut. It was all like, it was all just my, um, you know. Bloated feeling, just lethargic exactly, and tired. Exactly. I had this feeling that I had to go to the bathroom all day, every day, mm -hmm. and I couldn't. And so I finally went to the doctor when I got home from New Jersey and was like, Instant. It was like, went they, to the doctor. What, 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 what do they do? Like, just well, a, a regular so, checkup, blood, run yeah, blood just work? Yeah, a, a basic checkup, ran some blood work, and the doctor, and again, I I haven't been to a doctor in probably 30 years, Oof. other than I've broken a shoulder, I broke my wrist, I broke my leg, you know, yeah. little things like that. Just but little things like that. Little, yeah. little stuff. <laughs> but whatever. I hadn't been to a doctor doctor for a checkup in easy 30 years, you know? We're dudes. We don't do that kind of stuff, which is yeah. completely <laughs> stupid. Um, but, and I'm, you know, we don't speak up. We don't like, we, we hold that stuff in. Yeah. So yeah. went to the doctor. I, I literally was like, how do I do this? I got to find a doctor first. I don't have a doctor. Yeah. Go to your doctor. Who? I, so I, I literally like open up my wife's insurance book. Like, let's pick one of these guys. This guy sounds cool. Yeah. And, Does he surf? <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I didn't know. Do, do some interviews? Like, do anything? Like this guy. And, and I chose this guy that had a background in like um, kind of Eastern medicine plus Western medicine. Like he was a little, he was into a, a couple of different alternative types of medicines, whatever. But so I went and saw him. He's like, oh, it's probably, it's pretty normal. You had a pretty radical lifestyle change and diet change over the last year. You know, it's probably just that, but let's run tests. Whatever, ran some tests and he called me like the next day. He's like, hey, so we found something that was like, may or may not be serious, but it's not my wheelhouse. I'm going to send you to this person. Went, got, and it, from there it was just like full whirlwind, like, 
if you know you go see a specialist ultrasound yeah, exactly. like cat scan and, and you hear all, like fortunately had really good insurance because you hear all these stories about the doctors like somebody waiting for months to get to see a doctor to get to see a specialist yeah. and then it just escalates and whatever i mean I, it was days i Two days later, you were getting answers or going yeah, to somebody that we knew and got an ultrasound. The well, next that's day, good. I went and got like all, all within a week, and then finally went in, and uh, they told me, "Yep, stage four, four, yep, stage four colon cancer, spread to your liver, and and how do you probably you know? Yeah. So, being it was my wife and I, and we just. Full melt out. Oh, I can only imagine. And so, see, I get emotional when I talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's okay. But um, so we're in the doctor's office, full meltdown, whatever. Leave, get home, and we're just trying to process it. You know, how do we, what do we do? How do we do this? And, and the doctor didn't give us a ton. You know, it was basically just that's it. You, you've got stage four colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And there's some, you know, some treatments that we can do, but they're, you know, it's stage four. You're not, it's not good. Okay. Did they give you a timeline of? No, not necessarily. And I honestly never asked and I yeah. never wanted. I mean, the, the, the doctor kind of was like, you know, typical lifespan for this is one to maybe three years. Dang. You Fuck. Know? And we're like, whoa. Yeah. So. We got it all out of us. Cried for days. And like, I don't know, two days later, something like that, my wife, thank God, was like, she just instantly goes online, starts researching. What can we do? What can we do? Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, you know... For me, I, I would have just gone with the doctor. Whatever the doctor says, I would have just, okay, cool. Yeah. Which is not always, you know, do your research. For sure. Yeah. Always get yeah. second and third opinions. And, and, you know, always take it as a collective. Because, I mean, you know, I, what I learned, like, so many of these people, you if you get told that, you're They just, give up? Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Which is totally natural, you know. And that's why that you know one to three year lifespan yeah because you're basically told and by a doctor a trained medical professional that you've got a year left get your shit in order yeah and so, and you know the you know there's so many different drug options and like you know that's where kinds it's where it gets yeah, tricky I mean, you know well there's i mean i've, I've over the gosh, so now it's been three years or so, but over the last three years, I've learned so much about just every the healthcare system. Yeah. Whether it's you know traditional, you know medicine, Western medicine, other alternative types of medicines, uh, food. Yeah. Health, just every. I mean, your your mental aspect. Of the whole thing, yeah, huge, yeah. Huge. I mean, honestly, Western medicine is all based on profit. One hundred percent. Yeah. One. I mean, I. You so, know. Yeah. That's where. 
so my wife started digging in and was like, you know, doing a bunch of research, found a bunch of other types of, you know, different types of therapies, different types of just things that you can do to help, you know, complement the Western medicine. And, and then I was, I was recommended a couple books by people and there's all kinds of information out there, you know, and there's, there's all kinds of holistic. Yeah. Holistic and just all kinds of stories of people that are like, that are just not going to give up. Right. Yeah, help help like stay strong mentally, and, and and a lot of it is based on diet and your you just your overall mental state. For sure, I mean that has so much effect yeah. on how your yeah. body stress. They say stress. causes so much yeah. problem. And that's you know hygiene. Now, when I look back, I was prior to being diagnosed, I had. A super stressful work life. Yeah. That was just, you know, I was traveling a ton for work, doing an event every couple of weeks in places that I did not want to be in. Because like, mm-hmm. I was doing events for the skate mag, the moto mag, the BMX mag, the stand up paddle mag. I mean, it literally, it made me like not like those sports anymore. Yeah. Because I was just traveling to these awful places doing events and the moto mag doing events in Glen Helen and the desert and just like, and, and I look back on it now. I'm like, I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to do it all, but it was stressful yeah, yeah. a lot. Cause it was all that again. And it's hard to stay on budget, that. budget, budget. So it was a lot of stress. I was not eating, eating like well. shit. Yeah. I was fat. I was 200 and something pounds and just out of shape. I could barely surf at that time. So that's what led it up, led up to it all for sure. Then, you know, once I learned about how to actually take care of myself and and get into it, was huge. I, I mean, life changing. Yeah. So, you know, here we are, three and a half years in. To I, I think I've done forty, give or take, rounds of chemotherapy. Forty. Forty. Whoa. Over the last three years, off and on, I've done. I had I had a surgery to remove it out of the colon. Um, I did chemo yesterday, um, and I feel great. I feel healthier and stronger, and I feel like I'm surfing as good as I ever have. Wow! Fucking love it, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's ninety percent diet and mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stay positive. Be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, amen, brother, man. I mean, it's something, you know, you, you never want yourself, your family, your kids, oh. your friends, or anybody to go through. Because yeah. it's, uh, it's, I but, mean. But you can, you know, there there is medicine and there is treatments out there. Yeah. That, absolutely. You know, if you, if you give it a try and you believe in it, dude. Absolutely. It, it can help you. I mean, I started going to, so, you know, I, I, I first was like, uh, we got no choice. We got to go straight. And we we, we got to start this chemo program. We got no choice. Straight into chemo and the chemo started working right away, which was good. But, it, and it causes some really messed up side effects. I had some really gnarly shit. Just yeah. like, the first thing was I broke out into a rash from head to toe. 
which I have now because I started back on chemo, but the first round was, I mean, brutal. This is nothing. It was head to toe, crazy rash, itching, painful, gnarly. I lost all my like senses in my fingertips. I got this neuropathy thing going on. I had like mouth sores to where I couldn't even drink water. It hurt. Just canker sores all in my mouth from it all. Um, and then it just got to a point where like I, I, it was working and was doing, it was effective. It was, it was good. Um, but then it kind of stopped. And is that normal it, for that? Yeah, like, pretty normal. Like for what the reaction you got? Yeah, yeah. For, it, well, was, it was funny because the doctor told me, so here's your laundry list of side effects that you're going to get. And there's hundreds. Yeah, you know? of course. And you can get any one of them. You can get none of them. And then they were like, if you get this rash, this, this one drug typically causes this rash. If that rash happens, that typically means that it's working. Yeah. The rash came and we're like, woohoo. Yeah. Freaking party time. This yeah. God, I hope I get that rash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was seriously that. Yeah. It's like the rash happened. Party time. It's working. So, and it, and it was. It, the tumors were shrinking. Yeah. Everything, everything shrunk and got to a place where... You know, it, it was manageable, and I was starting to feel my get my energy back. I was starting to, which was bizarre because I'm on heavy rounds of chemo every two weeks, yeah. like gnarly stuff. But I was also eating better than I ever have. Wow. Mostly plant based. Yeah. I gave up, I completely quit all sugar. That mm. was my biggest vice. Yeah. Alcohol. Um, I'm out. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy, dude. Yeah. The alcohol was easy for me because I wasn't. I mean, I, I drank and I partied and I was, I was that dude that I didn't drink every day, but if I had one drink, I was going to have 13 Yeah, and, and it was going to be a fun night. Um, maybe not for others, but, for me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I gave up instantly all of that, all of that meat, mostly a little bit of chicken here and there, but not much. And then, uh, and still been on that for indefinitely really. And but, you have uh, supplements, vitamins, tons, like minerals uh, tons and tons of supplements, tons yeah. of different things. I went, so I went. Um, to my wife again, she found this lady that was a naturopathic doctor that came from oncology that came from cancer. Yeah. So she knew, basically I told her like, here's what I have. Here's all the medicines that they're giving me. So she went and was like, okay, this one's going to cause this. They're going to want to prescribe you this drug. Instead, take vitamin D. Mm. This one's going to cause this for that. Take this vitamin. This one's going to cause this. For that, take this vitamin, and it was all natural supplements for sure to yeah. combat all the crazy side effects, and it helped a ton. Yeah, and just through that, I learned a ton. I read a bunch of books. Yeah, because it's depleting, you know, everything yeah. in you. Your immune system. Yeah, you're, you know, you're supposed to not be able to have it, not have any appetite, things like that. And and I didn't have any of those side effects. I was eating. My diet was great. I was eating great. My energy was good. I was pretty active still, other yeah. than the skin. So. Do you Super follow fortunate. the medical medium? Hundred percent. Awesome. All the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I. That's my morning routine. Is yeah. is I wake up, I drink a little bit of water, and I have a, a sixteen ounce thing of celery juice before anything. Yeah. It sucks. Trust me. Coffee is my Dude, biggest. Dude, I, I juiced for like almost two months. Yeah. And then I went to Florida and I yeah left. It's, it's, I, that's I, the I thing. doing and it. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's not easy to maintain and do on a regular, especially if you're traveling and doing mm-hmm. that, which, yeah. which I find, but. Uh, for me, it's like it's sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you know, there's hope for 
for you and so many people. Hundred percent. And yeah. you know, just no. just connecting with the right people with the right treatments. Yeah, you you and, just got to do your research and learn and and know. Like, I mean, all those things play a huge factor. And a lot of these drugs that the doctors are going to prescribe are going to make things. They might attack this. Cool. That's going to attack the cancer, but it's going to kill everything else in my body. All the good that's stuff. what it's doing. Yeah, that's what chemotherapy is. Yeah, it it it's you know good thing that it kills your cells. It's designed to kill cells. It's going to kill the good cells and the bad cells. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's radiation. It's, exactly. I mean, yeah. you can't maintain that lifestyle forever. So at some point, it was you got to. I had to pull myself off. That's when I started to go to Mexico. Found this doctor down there through a friend. I was going to Mexico doing all kinds of other alternative treatments, like I told you before, the the needle injections mm-hmm. to the liver, stuff like that. And um, and, and again, that was, that was good. I, I, more just learning more how to treat yourself, how to treat your body, diet, exercise, positivity, all of it. Yeah. Um, and then, which which I did in Mexico. My doctor here was like, what are you doing? Hey, you're, well, a little bit. They were actually, it was funny because I, I would come in after chemo, after just months of chemo, and they'd be like, how are you still doing what you're doing? You told me you went surfing today. How? Like, you by now, after 15 rounds of chemo, you should barely be walking. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I... And it, it's funny, like, I would tell the doctor, like, well, I don't do this, I don't drink, I don't eat meat, I don't do this, I don't eat sugar, I don't... This. And they're not recommending any of that? They, they literally are like, oh, cool, keep it up, good job, you know? That, that was it. Not, zero recommendation of diet, zero recommendation of any of that. Health. That's so nuts. Which is, which is health. Yeah, like and lots it, of water, it's like insane. overly water, like clear liquids. And no, you go to the doctor and they'll give you sugar jello. Yeah. The first thing, you know, it's like I came out of surgery because I had this little port put in where they they pump the chemo in, and the first thing they give you is like here's some jello. Yeah, pick lime. Like, you got that's just, why that's yeah. what got me here. No, yeah, uh, yeah. But so down in Mexico, though, my my doctor here at home was telling me the colon cancer is super low in your colon where we don't think if we do surgery you might have to wear a colostomy bag for the rest of your life mm. so we don't know if we can get to it because it's in a weird place and like oh, that's not an option yeah you know okay frick what do we do you know and then so i started going to mexico and the the doctor down there was like i have a surgeon that's amazing and in my head i'm like a tijuana surgeon sure oh my god you know and I met with this surgeon, and he's looking at my MRI scans. He's like, oh, I can get this. I mean, literally, with that, like, the doctors here, have they don't give you any, their bedside manner is totally different. You know, they're not going to give you a high or a low or whatever. They're just going to give you the facts. Yeah. There, there's no, you're not signing any waivers or legal shit. It's Mexico. Yeah. They don't, you know, this guy's going to, if he says he can get it, he's going to say, if he thinks he's going to get it, he, he's going to say it. You yeah. Know, he, without... The repercussion of me going to sue him or yeah like for that, sure the liability know? so he's like i can get this and i'm like he's like yeah if there's like four or five inches he's like if i can go in there and mm. not touch it i can get it no problem he's like so we'll do it we'll do a rectal exam if i can go in there and not touch it 
we'll do it. And I'm like, okay, well, what do we do? What, let's schedule that. And he's like, oh, roll over. Like, whoa. Yeah, right here. And I got a prep. Literally, like, like 30 <laughs> seconds later. Blue he's River. Like, yeah. I was like, ooh, are you using a little fist off? <laughs> yeah. You know? And 30 seconds later, he's like, oh, yeah, I can do this. No problem. He's like, yeah. I, wow. You want a surgery Monday? What do you think? I'm like, I got to process this. I got to get uh, some yeah, opinions. My, like, my brain's just like, how long ago is this? About a year and a half. And um, I'm like, and, and for me, this whole time, I'm like, I'm like, whatever it takes. Yeah. What, you know, I, I, I've completely 180 my entire lifestyle. Not stopping. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Monday. Let's do it. Go down Monday morning, first thing, Tijuana, right across the border in some hospital. Had surgery done, got rid of it, stayed there for about five days in the hospital recovering. And then from there went to the clinic that I was going to that's kind of down by Baja Malibu. And they would take care of me for the next week, just making sure that I'm fed good meals and... Yeah, and not moving, just, not yeah, like trying to heal. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then I finally went home after that. And... I mean, that got me to a place where I'm like, okay, well, you got the primary tumor out of my colon. Now I've got these tumors in my liver. Let's just deal with them. And, and, but we got the primary, so that's good. That where my doctors here in the States would have, they hadn't, they would have never touched it. They weren't going to touch it. Yeah. They were just going to let it grow. Yeah. Which was crazy to me. On the chemo side, would, would they test what you could handle like how much can your your body take or was it pretty precise no it's pretty it's, standard it's pretty standard that's one thing that i was i was actually like weird like because you know everybody reacts different yeah and totally. how much you could take and but in the states it was like you've got colon cancer for colon cancer we give you this drug this drug and this drug there yeah kind of a generic like yeah regimen you, you know like you know, i have a good a template yeah template. Had the exact same thing and they gave him the exact same drugs i got yeah. Where in Mexico, I did, I did so many different blood tests to figure out what what you should be doing. What I mean, just to figure out, like they found out, like you probably have a parasite. That's probably what caused this originally. Wow. So wow. we're gonna. Get, I was on ivermectin to get rid of a parasite. You yeah. Know, like things like that. Can you hear me some of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to TJ. They got, they got it in abundance. Yeah. So you know, it was just. Total different modalities and, and thought process down there, which was, God, which was great, you know. And, and this was an, an American lady that wanted to do these types of therapies, but wasn't able to do them in the states. Yeah. So she started a clinic down there, and um, and yeah. So I mean, it, it, it was again that was another treatment was effective, doing good, until it wasn't, and it, you know it started growing back in my liver. So that's what brought me to kind of where I am today. And I'm, it was funny. My doctor at Scripps was like, Hey, I shouldn't do this, but you know, I'm going to recommend you to go see this doctor at UCSD medical Scripps, you know, UCSD Scripps two competing hospitals, big cancer centers. But he's like, he's a friend of mine and he's, he's like, basically I'm going to give you more chemo. I'm going to give you either chemo or radiation. Those are your only options. It's growing, to, uh, and I, I got nothing else for you. Go see this guy. He can get you into a clinical trial, get you into some other stuff, and and um, you know see what he can offer. So different went, different program than the original. Different, yeah. Like, so I went to him, and he had this clinical trial going on, 
that I've been on for now six months or a little more. Actually, I started in about July. And is that like standard timeline, like six, eight months a year? You go to like it's. I don't know. Honestly, it's different for everyone. It's how how your body reacts to the medicines. You know, I, if I, they see improvements. If and they see improvements. If they don't, you know. So yeah. With me, there was improvement right away. I, I, it was growing back to where I just I was getting back to. I was getting to that like I get to four o'clock and I couldn't I couldn't. Freaking! I had to take a nap. I had to fall asleep, or I just couldn't do anything. I, mm. I wasn't surfing anymore as much because my energy level just wasn't there. I remember, I remember, I did in a walk on water event in Huntington this last summer. It was the first event that we did after the pandemic, and I literally didn't leave my van. I was, I was, sat in my van pretty much the entire day. Just everyone would come up to the van like, hey, "What do I do? Where do I put this tent?" And I was just like pointing and telling because I couldn't Brutal. physically do it. I started chemo on this new clinical trial within a week I'm back I'm surfing I'm feeling good and so it clearly worked and it's just the tumors started shrinking again so now they're at a place that they're I actually met with a doctor last night that has a different type of um, a different type of therapy that we're gonna try next month I actually just set the appointment before I came up here so it's it's um can they operate on livers i thought they could they if can. it's inserted the liver regenerates itself yeah the way uh, basically i have i have four tumors that are kind of spread throughout mm. and it's you you can't take out that much yeah so this this new therapy or it's not new but the guy i was talking to it's basically it's called y90 it's basically radiation but it's direct radiation they've they go in through, They go in through a catheter through your main artery, and insert microscopic radiation beads directly into your liver, directly at the tumors, and they release their radiation inside. Isn't that crazy? And then they just—they basically stay. You have microscopic little radiation beads that stay inside your body indefinitely. The radiation's there for about two, three weeks. Does its thing, kills the tumors. My yeah, and my doctor yesterday was like, "This is, this is what I recommend. You you've gotten it to a point to where it's shrunk enough to where I think we can do this. I'm pretty sure I can get to them based on what I'm looking at your scan right now. Yeah, and we can kill these tumors. Wow. So, you know, technology and crazy. and yeah. and the things that they come up with, like they're dropping, you know, yeah, radiation beads into yeah, your yeah. liver. Right. It's great through and, an and artery. It's, it's like none of that would have been able to get there if I wasn't mindful enough to do all the other things yeah that I you know to have the positivity and yeah and just wherewithal to yeah and just the, take it on the well, diet and the, mm-hmm. the just you know there's days where I'm like you know obviously there's anybody but yeah there's days where you just don't want to do anything You're like nope i gotta get up i gotta go i gotta i gotta move I yeah gotta yeah take the dog for a walk i'm going surfing there it's not rideable today i don't care i'm going surfing yeah i mean you know to go through that but you know to rely on a support system and, and yeah. people that are there and positive and not you know, being recluse and, and not telling people and just, yeah. be, you know, like, yeah. like you said, coming on the show and talking about it yeah. and being proactive and, and telling what, people. And, and that's what, I mean, that's the main thing that I want to get across is that you, you hear so many people 
and that just they hear that diagnosis and it just puts them into a downward spiral yeah, yeah. naturally for yeah. sure for sure so yeah to like take that yeah and spin it to a positive I yeah mean, for me again like I feel like I'm healthier than I've ever been in yeah. my entire life but it's because I had a wake-up call yeah you know and and not like not like I would want this by any means but it certainly has had as as much I don't know as much of a negative yeah impact it's had it's made every day so much sweeter for yeah that for sure but it's had just as much of a positive yeah impact because of just you know helping me change my lifestyle bringing friends back into my life that yeah I haven't you know because of that I started getting people started finding out I'm getting texts from people I haven't talked to in 15 20 for years sure. dude are you okay yeah rad yeah I'm yeah. like super rad to hear from people like that definitely you know and that's what keeps things going and keeps you like yeah yeah, yeah. and surfing and surfing right? yeah huge 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 for sure that's the other like again surf therapy yeah huge just I didn't surf for probably six eight months after diagnosis and starting the chemo and I was just I got really weak and I got was down to like 140 pounds and could it just wasn't strong by the time and I, I had this like crazy sensitivity to cold I couldn't I couldn't pick up this if this was in the fridge I couldn't pick it up it felt like just pins and needles stabbing my hand I had this weird neuropathy so I couldn't touch the ocean it would it hurt and once I got out of that I started surfing again and then it was just like I just started swimming I'd put go down to the pier and put fins on and swim that's awesome and then once I started surfing I was like why am I not surfing I, I could do this yeah you know and it, you're I, not going to hurt yourself anymore. No, it's all I'm, about energy yeah, level. And, exactly. and, and then yeah. that's where like you, I just like all this, like just good positive energy was coming, you know, yeah. I was eating good. I've started exercising. I'm started surfing. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is great. And my doctors were always just blown away. Like what the heck dude, we're kicking your ass right now. How, how are you doing this? You know, it's, it's mind blowing. How, the we learn so much more when we start having to go through things like that. What you're going yeah. through, like we're, I mean, there's alternative medicines out there that give you hope. Hundred percent. And and even the simple fact of like surfing and having a positive mental attitude it goes hand in hand, man. It yeah. goes hand in hand, and it and it helps you. Absolutely does. I mean. It, it, it doesn't cure your cancer, but it sure does make it, things it better. Makes things a lot better. And yeah. Honestly, they're, they're like so. That's I, I was given this book called Radical Remission, and it's Radical Remission. Yeah, and it's all these stories of different people that had all kinds of different types of mostly cancers, different ailments that were like they were basically sent into a doctor, and the doctor told them, "Pack your bag, like get your affairs in order. You got six months. You got whatever." And they were like. 
fuck that. I'm, I'm going this way. Yeah. And I'm not going to do chemo. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go this route. And there's basically the book's like seven pillars. And it's, you know, diet, exercise, positive mindset, you know, all these different pillars. If you follow them, you'll, you're going to be fine. And all these like crazy success stories of people that were basically dead, told you're done and went back to the doctor after doing whatever they did six months later and like, I don't see any cancer in you. Fuck yeah. So yeah, it happens. It, it definitely happens. Yeah. So, you know, that's where who's to say, who's to say I'm not the one. No, for sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, well, it seems like it's already kind of happening for you too, you know? Like, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I know it's still there. I, I mean, and again, like for me, sure, I got, I, I saw the scan. And yep, I've got tumors on my liver, but you can tell me that all day long. Yeah. But it's not going to stop me from doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And, and as, cool I, I shouldn't be here keep telling me that yeah because yeah. I am I mean you know you're you gotta be ripping on south side you're a warrior right. dude <laughs> I mean that's it's, right it's such a heavy story yeah and it, I mean and again like it's so much courage for you to like be open about it and, and thanks for sharing and it's you know I mean, you got so many people rooting for you you know yeah. and which is huge for me. Which is, you know, which knowing is, that. Yeah. That's huge. You know, when I, when I first went to Mexico, I, my, I did not want to do this at all, but I had no choice. But my friend, one of my best friends, Mike, put together a GoFundMe to pay for Mexico because it was, again, close to 150 to almost 200 grand out of pocket that I did not have. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do that. I just feel weird. And just, yeah. But instantly, just people started. Yeah. You know. I remember that. It was like two years and, ago, and, a year, year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, it was about a year and a half. Yeah. Almost two years. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And just like, just overwhelming. Yeah. So. I bet. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So, yeah. I well, mean, I mean. Keep keep on doing what you're doing. Obviously, it's yeah. it's working, and you've already exceeded the expectations of that first conversation with the the doctor. You know, yeah, right. One to three. And, and honestly, if I can just if, if if somebody can hear this and not you know, and if they're feeling weird or whatever, not feeling right, or if they know they've got a diagnosis or something, but they're keeping it to themselves, like talk about it yeah it's good for you it's good therapy yeah talk about it like let people yeah help yeah and and like you said there's so much information out there and and there's yeah there's people that are doing stuff that's not in the mainstream you yeah. know there's so much and, more out there to do and 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 you know whether it's yeah. reading or supplements or or trying a combination of different things yeah. but yeah you know well, you said it diet and exercise are yeah. 
part of the big pillars of, of the seven things yeah, that you I mean, need to it's, do. It's, it's funny, like a couple of the little things that I read, a couple of the books that I read, it's like no-brainer dumb stuff. Like it's your, your body is no different than a vehicle or whatever. If you yeah. put good shit in it, it's going to run good. If you put bad shit in it, it's going to run like shit. Yeah. And, and like it's just simple as that. But still, we continue to abuse ourselves by drinking or eating what we eat, and because it's freaking good, yeah. it's fun. You know, it's yeah. it's hard for but. sure. Discipline. You know, we 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 like the spoils of of life, and for it's sure. really really easy. And, and for me now, it's an easy just like now it's like before it was like oh I'll melt down and I'll have that donut today or whatever. You know, if I was on a diet, you know, what I'm doing it to lose weight or be a little healthier. But now it's way more easy to make that decision. Right? Yeah, it's just like no, if I eat that, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Nope. No yeah. more. Yeah. Super easy. Well, so you're inspiring me to clean up my diet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Linda, not so much. Yeah. Um, wow, man. I mean, this is this is insane. This is raw. I mean, I I, 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 I can't thank you enough, you know. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys. I'm stoked to uh, stoked to like I said, it's fun. We're 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 fans of Desi, you know. Yeah. Huge fans of Surfing Desi. fan. Um, uh, an industry, you know, fan of everything you've done on 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 your career and putting on all these killer events and well, helping out the. It. One thing that you know, why you interrupt? bro. He interrupts, and I'm a fan of you guys too. Yeah. By the way, yeah. so, thank you. you. But yeah. this dude is so he's pointing me and ripping. Point- yeah, you're you're, you're cool. <laughs> Yeah, keep talking late night. Keep fan. talking about late, late night. night. Big fan of Larson. Yeah. Surfing. Always a fan of you, though. Yeah. See Always that? a fan yeah. of you, John. That's uh, why we're a good team. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what's incredible is you've done some crazy roles in the industry. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've had like not just, um, what do you call it, high ranking and, and lucrative, but dude, you had jobs that people go to college for. I'm always, I've always been a lackey, you know, like I, I'm an understudy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm the forever understudy. But it's also, you know, I still feel like it's funny. Here I am, 50 couple years old, and like one of these days I'm actually going to get a real job. <laughs> and, and what what should I do with my career? What should I do with, you know? When should I actually start my career and get a real job? I'm still still figuring it out, you know? Yeah. I'm still going. Well, it's wild that, you know, because I didn't go to college. I tried. Same. Larson didn't I go to college, tried. right? Yeah. And You don't need that. Yeah, I mean, it's all about working hard and well, staying passionate about and, and what look, you're doing. If, if not you don't need that, but if, if you're going to college for a reason and you've got, there's, there's a mission... Certainly, go yeah. do that. But I mean, I know plenty of people. I, I look at like from a, from a business standpoint, like a couple mentors of mine, like Chris Miller, founded a company. He was a professional skateboarder. Founded a company. You know, he had zero professional training whatsoever. Was managed these companies, grew these brands, sold them to bigger brands, still manage them, and could go into a room and present to a hundred people, no problem, speak eloquently, speak, you know, and and convincing 
like all things that you would learn to do in college and you know a couple others that i know the same they, they didn't go to school for that kind of stuff yeah, they just yeah. figured it out yeah and, all and, and passion I think and like, learning like a lot of us have done that in in this you know we my college was again like my college was the bud pro tour in in traveling and learning you know the industry through just friends that worked at different you know surf shops up and yeah. down the coast and whatever all of it you yeah know, that was college for me Dealing with Xanadu's customers and T-Riders. with Xanadu alone is like (laughs) like getting a Harvard degree in like psychology, you know? (laughs) You got your master's. You got your master's in Xanadu. Exactly. (laughs) I have a master's in Public relations. Yeah, public relations and psychology and and, and, uh, everything else, man. Yes. People people skills. That's exactly it, though. But if you're, you know, a good human, got good work ethic, and and you're 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 surrounded by good people, and that's you know you're going to excel, you know, and you've been able to pivot because you're, you know, you've done a great job, and another door opens up, and you know you've kind of people have always looked after me and and helped me along the way, which is huge. Yeah. So nothing comes nothing comes solo. You know, there's always nothing. Yeah. There's always somebody there helping. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, when's the last surf trip you've gone on? It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's been since well before uh, pandemic. Probably Mexico, a couple Cabo trips and stuff like that. Yeah. Hawaii. But yeah, it's, it's been a while. I, I mean, obviously, you can't go far now because you're on the, no, the treatment. I mean, but yeah, right now, no. But when for, is when do you get off this treatment? I should hopefully. Hopefully I'll be off by mid next month. Okay. Mid, um, um, I don't know, April, May, maybe. Nice. And uh, at that point, then hopefully I can do a little trip. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm looking, uh, I'm itching to go. What boards are you riding right now? I'm still riding Xanadu. Yeah. I, I've got a couple. I've, Lennon just ordered one. Did you? Yeah. Nice. I just, uh, I got uh, a zip. Oh, okay, I have one. It's great. Those things look insane. It's super fun. It's funny. I, I wrote it last week. I, I hadn't ridden it in probably a year. I wrote it last week, and I was kind of like, it doesn't have the zip anymore. <laughs> but I, it was also about three volume clicks down from what I'm riding today, so that might have been why. Yeah. But um, do you do, you do a two plus one or regular? Regular. Yeah. Try fin. Yeah, this guy's got power. He knows how to surf. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, can, I just got a I got a little twin fin from him last year, and I've never really gotten into him. I've never really been a twin fin guy, and it took me a minute. I, I finally I took it to uppers one day, and it was like head high, just fun, long, shreddable rights, and I clicked in one wave and was like oh my gosh why haven't i been doing this the whole time yeah in and the right just, wave in the right way in the right and wave and it's i mean now i i literally i like okay like when when's rincon gonna break when's <laughs> this gonna break? like you know a, a kind of slopey you know right point break it is so fun and yeah. like it's so fast and just changed my whole deal we talk know? about like the quiver we have now versus yeah. like when we were in yeah, the nineties yeah, right. and it's like, right. I got eight boards and they all look the same and yeah, yeah. one's an inch higher and one's an inch shorter and it's very minute changes. And yeah, now yeah. it's like, yeah, 
I got a four fin. I got the two twin with the trailer. I got a couple of yeah, squished down. I got exactly. it. Lennon was laughing at me because uh, I have like a six six eleven like mid lengther, and yeah, yeah. it turns so good. And it's so <laughs> fast and killer. Well, that's what I, I have but, a van because I I got to keep four surfboards in it at all times. Yeah, you know. But it, but <laughs> but there's never a condition that if you have the right equipment, there's never a condition that isn't going to go be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which yeah. is like you know what you should have absolutely you know? yeah and, and and again like for me now today surfing i don't care if it's uh, it's yeah i'll have friends that are like you surf today absolutely and it was so much fun i yeah. barely got to my feet on a wave and i'm stoked yeah because i can it's because you're from el toro and i'm from long Beach. exactly yeah. from yeah. you appreciate that a lot more nowadays right we, we we uh yeah we we appreciate what nature gives us yeah right um have you surfed wave pools yet I have. Um, I went to the surf ranch for the first time this year with the Walk on Water. I, I nice. went. I, I organized like a fundraiser for a Walk on Water back in February last last year February, and I was like two weeks out of my colon surgery, so I couldn't surf. And it was funny. I, I got to the surf ranch and I organized the whole thing and I had everyone, you know, all dialed in. And I got there and I'm like. You know, I've, I've seen this wave on video a thousand times and I watched the contest and it's kind of boring. It's pretty repetitive and, you know, but then I got to the ranch, that first wave rolls in and I'm like, oh, I'm out there. Shit. <laughs> wow. That looks fun. Yeah. And I couldn't surf. I was like fresh off of surgery. I just oh. couldn't do it. Drove all the way home. Honestly, probably the worst drive of my entire life. I drove what would have been a five hour drive to probably eight because I had to pull over every hour to stop and go to the bathroom because mm. I just had colon surgery. It was excruciating. Damn. So then I just organized another one um, for a walk on water a couple months ago and I got to actually surf that one. Sweet. And again, like first wave was like, that thing's fun. Yeah. That thing is absolutely fun. And, and you think like, yeah, I, I want like, I want two hours by myself. Just yeah. let me, you know, I, yeah. I I'm like a frothing grom. How many people were, were on your day? Um, I had, I basically had four people in an hour session for eight hours, you know, so I got one of the hour sessions and I purposely put myself in a session where I knew the three other guys could not stand up. Yes. So I would poach their waves. Yeah. Yes. Smart. Um, yeah, it was, it was really fun, man. You don't want to go on a trip there with a bunch of rippers. You so yeah, when, they, they when do we do a late night with chalk? Yeah, when's that one, dude? <laughs> Book it. You, you got some ins. You got some connects, don't you? Yes, too. That thing is, uh, that thing's fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it blew my mind on how actually, like, tall the wave actually is and how much push it's got. Like, yeah. you can, a lot of power. You can push as hard as you want and it's going to, hold and push you back yeah You're like yeah i was that thing is fun it's such you know, a good for anybody that yeah. is an anti-wave puller yeah you sorry haven't, you haven't yeah. done it you haven't done it <laughs> that thing's fun yeah hey, do you do bsr yet or no haven't been and again that one looks just okay to me because i'm not trying to do a giant air yeah everybody that's been that's you know my age and doesn't do airs is like no dude that thing is fun really yeah, fun yeah, yeah you I don't heard. have to do airs yeah that's what i heard yeah, yeah it, it looks really fun and i know there the palm springs one's coming which yeah. that's going to be great so a bunch of sure there's a bunch yeah it's, it's a whole new world out there which i'm excited about i think it's cool yeah and, and bring it you know like Everyone complains about all the crowds and all the new new surfers and all that. Because you're not going to win that battle. Yeah. Have fun. No. Yeah. You know. 
Roll the punches. Enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. It's change. It's it's evolution. It's going to happen. What do we got? There? We got a creepy crawler over here. Just <laughs> so how many are there? I, I I've been here for about an hour or so. Kids, new kids like, popping in and out. I've seen, I've seen like thirty kids running around. I don't know if they're all the same one. Uh, they just keep changing outfits. <laughs> okay, know. okay. No, I got three. Okay. Yeah, this is Duke. Oh, it's twenty. No. Oh, okay. That's that's Duke, our youngest. Yeah. More cats. I'm not the youngest. Yeah, and then that's JJ, our middle. Hi. You say hi. <laughs> he's trying to be a surfer. Yeah, he's trying to be. Uh, he's been ripping. He's nice. been ripping nice. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> gotta get those arms down, get lower, drop that back knee a little bit. Coach, yeah, super coach over here. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he loves it. Like, yeah, he does. Can I have yours? But yeah, so yeah, I think the yeah. kids are gonna run the, run us out. So yeah. I think we're yeah, done. I think so. I think yeah. so. Thank hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. You guys have to stop talking. We're almost done. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Dude, the boss, Uncle, Uncle hey, Lyndon, Uncle Chucky. We Chocolate. are we have to close out this amazing episode. Yeah. You know, with you know Scott Desi Desiderio. Yeah. From El Toro. From El Toro. Who who knew he wasn't good enough to <laughs> Be a full-on pro surfer and became Xanadu's right-hand man. Yeah. And you, Brutal. you know, you, you learned to be a negotiator and everything that it takes to run a business. And wow, from there you went to audio and Planet, Planet Earth. Earth. Yeah. And, and Transworld got more experiences in in that business. Yep. Yep. And then found out you had stage four cancer and you're fighting through it and researching good healthy habits and alternative medicines which is going to prolong your life for as long as you want yeah right and at the same time giving back to those less fortunate with a walk on water yeah uh Absolutely. foundation when's which the next is, event um two weeks ventura Nice. End of the month in Ventura and uh, March 26th, and then Malibu, and then Balsa Chica. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll be the one at Balsa Chica. Yeah, I'm going to hit you guys up because. Uh, yeah, please do. We always need to rally up some, some good surfers in the local, local yeah. communities to help help with the kids and get some kids out there. Hell yeah. Awesome. And it's, you guys would have a blast. Oh, uh, yeah. Would have so much fun. We, we got a late night with Chalky Tent to pop up, too. I love it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Thank you, Action Sports Canopies. Yeah, yeah. that's like, <laughs> like boy tech. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, nice. But um, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, and um, yeah. best of luck. And you know, ever need anything to promote what you're doing and, and yeah. that organization, up. and you know, you need some surf tips. You know, don't hit up Lennon. You know, yeah, oh, I know where to go for those. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thank you. thank you. Peace. Bye, Bonsai bowls, hands down, the best bowls. Period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, 
for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909. CalienteSouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.